Do I? There we do. Everybody, I'm Chad Eckert, and that's Josh Bennett. That's not Eric Martins. He's somewhere playing guitar for real in his normal job. He'll be here later, potentially, for the after show. Uh, also, Darbo may join us. Sent this thing to Cecil, so maybe he'll show up. But uh, <laughs> he may have we, have away. we have Andy Lack. He's here. Andy, cheers to you. Thanks, guys. It's a pleasure. Happy well, cheers uh, to the water. Yeah, my what? My giant water jug. Love um, it. Yeah, U.S. Open Thursday. You guys catch any of it today? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so my life's crazy. <laughs> I had to bring my dog to the vet this morning. Uh, mm. She ate a sock. So <laughs> I'm not I, – I could feel it inside of her stomach when I touched the, the belly of my dog. But it's not coming out, and I'm a little nervous for her. So we had brought her in, got an X-ray, and it's inconclusive. Like, they can't find the actual sock. So, so <laughs> I've learned – it could be in the colon. So it Jeez. may have passed through the intestine and it's re ready to come out. However, I don't have it yet. And I'm supposed to monitor the stools. Oh, so anyway. they didn't. So you so you went to the vet and then just nothing happened? Oh, I spent $300 on an x-ray. Oh, my. They, and then they made my dog throw everything up like it, with a pill. Andy, do you have a dog? I not with me in LA, but my family does. Okay, yeah, I... well, don't get a dog if you don't have one yet. <laughs> <clears throat> this thing is gonna cost me a lot of money. I don't even know if it's gonna live through this whole thing, but it Jeez. probably will. It's a hardy animal, it's a half husky. Uh, so then I did that. I'm like, you know, trying to follow along while <laughs> this is going on, and I'm taking care of that problem. And then I have to move a couch and a table for my father in law's place. So I had to spend a couple hours doing that mixed in with other work obligations jeez lord and, and by the way know, chad it was impossible to figure out when and where you're supposed to watch this stupid Ooh. thing there's that so, I, mean, I have followed the leaderboard tnt today. peacock again like what the Did fuck was that are you into it you're into it you're watching it 24 7 right yeah you know i don't have the cock i didn't i i didn't watch i watched the coverage on usa i'm not gonna get the cock i mean i'm good with <laughs> yeah. the i'm good with the six hours i got on usa and, and nbc um I, i'm not that much i mean i think i think you're fine on uh on those two networks going forward for like the the main stuff you, the cock just gives you the bonus thing i think correct we don't yeah. need the cock yeah uh andy lack welcome in right that's your line i sort of say you say i say hey everybody you're welcome in kind of thing yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess when I do a podcast, yeah. On your podcast, which is your inside golf podcast on Apple Network and all over the place, and you're also with Rick Good. you're all over the place, dude, having fun with Odds Checker. And yeah. Winning, you're winning the PME Open every once in a while, time to time. Once in a while, yeah. Sony Open, that was a while ago. But yeah, no, I'm things bets. are, things. yeah, cash and bets, things are... Things are. I don't know about this week, but things are things are looking pretty good. Okay, and your ADP lack sports. Right, right. Do you have That's two correct. middle names? No. So uh, this is a good story. I should probably change my Twitter handle. I haven't. My email is 
adpwack at gmail.com. The reason that's my email is because that was the email that I was given to me by my fraternity. So that stands for Alpha Delta Phi Wack. Oh, and I just never changed it. Okay. So when I made my Twitter account, I just made it ADP Wack. Because well, I, I know my cheat on everything, you know? So I figured it was your yeah. No, it's not my mid middle name's Richard, actually. So no, <laughs> so that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, makes, makes literally no sense. ADP stands for Alpha Delta Phi. I don't know if anyone knows cool. that except no, you guys. But, I'm glad I asked. Yeah. Well, you're out of college. You look like you're just fresh out of college. How old are you? Are you 30 yet? No, I'm 27. Thanks yeah. for saying that. I mean, I, I I look young. Most people think I'm 23 or 24, but no, I'm 27. And we're married? Or are we single? What are we doing with our life? Are you there's a we're not married. We're not, we're not married. We're single-ish, right? Okay. There's some, but yeah, no, not, no, no, no engagement. No, no engagement no. spending. Yeah. Okay. We can, no, we no, can no. read between the lines here, Andy. Hey, we did a whole dating show, Andy. You should go watch we it. Did. <laughs> when was so, this? When was this? And why wasn't I invited? Did you guys know, do this actually, with Kirshner or something? And you idiots. just like, didn't invite me? No, we had Darbo. Darbo is single. Okay, he's Kirsch. single. Yeah, so okay. we, we just picked Darvo's brains about apps and shit. It was a while ago. Okay. Uh, right. But anyway, we're having fun uh, making content. Are you having fun, Andy, making content? Yes, Good. I am. Good. Yeah, I have. I, I really enjoy it. I think I've been, I'm really blessed to the point where um, I don't have to focus as much as I did at the very beginning on like, growth, 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 like are people listening, you know, because now I have somebody that, you know, pays me to talk and I make good money doing that. And I just, I, I don't know if I can talk about this. I just signed a new deal to join a different podcast network that hasn't, Ooh. we haven't, Whoa. Yeah, we haven't bro- breaking news. No, no, breaking no, no, news. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't announced that yet, but no, the point being is like, you know, th- what you want ideally is to be able to shoot the shit with your friends. Right. And Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really grateful that I'm in a place with my podcast now where people seem to listen to it. People seem to enjoy it. And I, I kind of can, you know, just bring on my friends and and talk golf, which is yeah. a, a fantastic place to be to, to yeah, be able to I get paid you for that. Say that to Mayo, your friend, Pat Mayo on your most recent uh, podcast, you were talking about that subject, you know, if it's not fun, it's not worth doing. And you you kind of have to do some of this stuff a lot of the time for fun or because you're not going to make a lot of money doing this. And, no. uh, it, it, you know, our friend Bagels like was just talking about this a couple weeks ago on his podcast about how he's not having any fun anymore. And it, it's a mental thing that you want to be in the right space because we all want bagels to have fun when he's doing it that's why we're watching bagels or, or even consuming this right now if it doesn't if we're just sitting here moping and we're sad about doing it it's kind of depressing the truth also is is that on the golf course it's the same thing with your if you got a cart mate that's a depressed asshole who's complaining about the guy in front of them and is just a negative nancy that's not as fun and you're not playing as good as if you're playing if you're with a positive guy so that's why i hate talking- playing golf with chad <laughs> hey, our guy, our guy Kirshner is here. Hey, Kate Eddie. Now, should we oh, have a good. should we have a second, uh, a, a season party? two of of dating on our <laughs> on our show and have Andy it, and Kirshner on? Hey, Andy, I would how, love do you, that. how do you think the ratings were for that show? <laughs> I think that'd be good. I mean, 
Kershner's a cash cow at this point. I mean, he'll True. probably while while we have him, we see if we can get Paige to call in as well. Oh yeah, uh, no, no, you guys also that. single, that right? Is she right. single? I think I think, I think that's. I the... think Brian would have something to say about that. I don't know if he thinks she's single. Should I send Should I send BK the link? I'll text him the link. Sure, Tom. The the tonight's agenda, Andy. Thanks for asking. Is about mental health, mental. Uh, in between the ears, playing golf and outside of golf and in the world of a golfer. Tour junkies like to say strokes gained home life. And that's something that they've kind of put into the realm of atmosphere. And that's fun to do that, but it's kind of noisy. It's hard to quantify how it's going at home and what how that can affect a golfer or is their performance. And then, therefore, if we want to pick them or not. The noise and the narrative is something I do lean right into, and I love that. Oh, they just had a baby? Get them away from me. Or they just <laughs> got engaged. I'll take it. So you kind of have the outside-the-course uh, narratives in life that can impact a golfer way more than in other sports, other team sports and things like that. So we're going to get into some of this, uh, how we can actually make money potentially on capping their home lives, uh, stalking their Instagrams or whatever else. Plus, they have come out recently, a few of them on the tour, and talked about the uh, the need to have really good brain when it's when you're on the course. Max Homa's said it a lot lately, where if you talk nicely to yourself, then of course you can play better than if you're always, you know, putting yourself down. I'm not as good of a golfer as Josh or as Andy or as our guy Darbo here, Sweet Spot DFS. So that's why we're gonna have you guys talk about how it impacts you on the course for me <laughs> might be not as important. Uh, so for like, ah, I'll just go I, back I to the car. Drink more. Anyway. So that's it's, we've talked about uh, different aspects of the, you know, capping world. Like we're trying to do looking at ownership and in random stats and things like that. We're going to try to talk about the mental side of golf. Darbo, have you ever capped it? Are you trying to are you going to try to look into their Instagram stories to figure out how they're feeling heading into Thursday? Is that thing? No. No. No, I know. No one does. But should we? Uh, I don't think you're going to get much from it, honestly. Okay. Well, it's in. a possibility. Like if, let's say, Patrick Cantley broke up with his girlfriend like he did a while ago. Sure. Absolutely. That's going to play a yes. factor on it. Yes. Okay. So, Andy, what do you think? Is that... Is it stupid to even consider this? Are we just, but I mean, it's, it's fun to think about. I mean, also when you're golfing, you're a golfer. Do you, do you come into a round and have like a routine to make yourself better mentally? Um, I do. I do. Yeah. And I, I probably agree with Eric. Do you prefer Eric or Darbo? You can call me either. I just call him Darbo because we have Eric Martins too. So, okay, I'm gonna go with Darbo. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go with Darbo. Um, I tend uh, when I like play DraftKings and when I bet on golf, I tend to try and stay out of unquantifiable narratives. Right, I try and stay out of things that there's no way for me to quantify. I'm very statistically based, right? But I'm lucky enough to have my ear to the ground with some people that are, you know, a couple. People that are in the I've gotten to know one or two caddies and a couple of people that are closer to that know these actual golfers. And I like to check in 
and check up and and see what's going on. I think that's valuable information in certain respects, right? I think, you know, the the joke that everyone makes is like perspective, right? Like when when somebody has a child or they get married, they have this new kind of dose of perspective and it bleeds out onto the course for whatever reason. Maybe they're they're swinging free or, or certain things in their home life are kind of working itself out. So they're able to kind of separate their job on the course from their home life, whatever it may be. I'm not a professional golfer, so I don't know, but I basically think that, yeah, there's certainly an angle there. It's not in the top five things that I, you know, look at each week, not because I don't think it's important just because I don't have access to information like that every single week and with every single golfer. Um, but I, 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 I think you're on to something, Chad. There, there okay. definitely is something there. It's not nothing. No, I think I it's guess. more like, Josh, is it more like you work on your approach game, you work on your stroke, you, you, but you can't do it all day on your approach game and you work on your driver sometimes and maybe you go every once in a while and you work on your mental game or you realize that you do this same thing every time you get into trouble and then that results in a snowball effect. So you're going to try to work on that. Is, is it something you do in your game or you? Uh, I think there's a, is mental what? of the game. What percent, what percent of, of the golf is mental? Is it? Eight, I think, know, like, it, I think it's less than what people like. I think what's the number mm-hmm. of people say it's 80% mental. I think it's less than that. Cause you have to like, you have to put a shit ton of time into technique. And mm-hmm. well, I guess you, I guess you could throw like course management. You could probably throw that into the mental side of the game, but you have to, throw a lot of time into other things other than just like how using your brain kind of stuff. There's a lot of things that go on that's just like athleticism based instead of just like brain based. Or I guess maybe it is brain based. So maybe it's a hundred percent mental. I don't know. But anyways, I think just like your brain in general is way less important than what people say it is. I think it's more just why because you're good at golf and you have no brain. Is that why? I have, I definitely have no brain when I play golf, but uh, I think there is something to um, there's this thing people say they're playing their first competitive term or they're playing their first major and they're, they say they're a little more pumped up, they're a little more nervous. I think if you do things like that over and over again, mm-hmm. I think that's something that can. Mm-hmm benefit you over the long term so majors for example people get way more nervous there's more people there more people watching all that kind of stuff so, so i think like that is probably important but as far as like if you're saying well mental is 80 percent, what what does that even mean really i mean so i i think it's less than what people say unless you're just saying the brain control well i guess the brain controls literally everything you do so maybe it's 100 percent mental Here's here's what I just did. I just talked around in circles to say that I actually have no fucking idea. Chad. We asked the guy with no brain about the brain question. It was great. <laughs> no, Darbo, the guy with the brain. Is it possible to play better uh, without actually changing anything about your swing? What What do you mean by that? Could you Could you play better and improve your score without doing anything to your swing? Yeah, absolutely. You keep yeah. playing more. You practice well, that or I'm just thinking you could come to the course more focused that day. Like there are certain days where I clearly am not focused or I'm looking at my phone the whole round or I'm not caring about the wind on that shot or there's clearly ability to focus. That is a mental 
muscle you can work on, I think. I, yeah, I would call that like a, a very mental part of the game. And I think that is a little less important than people make it. If you're, if you've done something enough over and over and over again, you actually don't even have to think about those things. You just get out of it. Me and you are driving around at our scramble on Monday. Mm-hmm. This coming Monday when we're, when we, well, we play in 12 holes. We'll shoot 12 under. We're driving around. We get out of the cart and we just go up to the ball and just intuitively, we just know wins a little bit off the left, a little bit downhill, just, you know, take a little yeah. bit less club and hit it on the green and make a putt and birdie is the more you do things, the less you have to actually use your brain. Like as you're thinking about using your brain, if that makes sense. I think I mean, that's so, what Robert yeah. was saying, actually. But but so then, Andy, it's about doing it. It's about going and doing it over and over again that gives you confidence and you know how to concentrate. So are we doing this? Or are you coming to the course with a game plan to try to do this and then inherently improving your score by doing that? Or are guys – like what is up with Max Homa? How is he able to get better by seeing a psychologist – or doing all this stuff off the course in his brain, and then now he gets now he's good now. What did he shoot today? He shot one under. Yeah, yeah. He's good. pretty good. But I, I I get what I absolutely get what you're saying. Like I'll give you an example. I um I'm very technical in the way that I play golf. Um, I'm a tinkerer okay. to a fault. Uh, I love the golf swing. Um, I probably spend a lot too much time focused on my golf swing. Um, I'm always tinkering. I'm always changing. I love practicing. And the coach that I worked with, he had me started starting to do, cause I wasn't playing very well a couple months ago. And he had me starting to do something that has really helped me shoot better scores, which is like, okay, there's behind the ball is going to be your technical box. And when you're in your technical box, you can think about all the swing thoughts that you want. You can think about your little, Justin Thomas, Billy Horschel rehearsal that you like doing. You can think about all that stuff. Once you leave that box and get to the ball, you're playing golf, not golf swing. You're thinking golf shot. You're visualizing the golf shot that you're going to hit, right? And so once I step out of swing thought box, whatever happens, happens. And usually it's pretty good because I have... I know how to hit the shots, right? I've, I've done it before and I've been playing my whole life and I've, I've practiced hitting the shots. But what I got into the problem of was I would step up to the ball and I would be so focused on making a good swing that I forgot how to play golf, right? We talk about, you know, the difference between playing golf swing and golf. Golf is a game of getting the ball in the hole, right? Golf swing is playing golf swing, that's what you're supposed to do on the range, right? So I think mm. there's kind of that that element to it too, which I think we see that sometimes with, with PGA Tour players, right? Sometimes where it seems like, and they'll say this in an interview too, they'll be like, I'm playing golf swing, not golf, right? And like the easy example is you see like a, a Jordan Spieth rehearsal, right? And you're like, oh, this guy's playing golf swing, not golf. And Honestly, like the guy won the heritage a couple of weeks ago and I didn't play him because I thought he was playing golf swing instead of golf. So at the end of the day, what do you really know? I'm sure something different works for everyone, but that's kind of the way that I think about it. Mm. How about you, Josh? Do you feel the same way? Yeah, at the the Jordan Spieth example, I was if you didn't say it, I was gonna say it. Because I, I think he actually said, or maybe he didn't say, but everyone speculated that he was 
working on something on a swing and the the big long rehearsal was came from someone that taught him something or he's trying to learn something so he's doing that like during his swing so he's mentally focusing on that instead of just intuitively knowing it taking the club back and hitting the fucking ball he's now really focused on what am i doing on the way back and then am i coming through right and he's just thinking all this crazy stuff it's it's actually amazing that he's doing that and actually playing <laughs> See, pretty good golf to be honest <laughs> i think that actually is what that's who jordan spieth is it might be he's a, that, he's a crazy i don't think that ever player. that's gonna hinder him he's that quirky He's going to be a quirky dude. So that rehearsal is disgusting as it looks to all of us. I think that works for him. Yeah. I think in yeah. a way it helps relieve the nerves in him. He looks all, he always looks nervous when he's playing. He just, he's so antsy. So I think it's a way to like calm him down. Yeah. Weird it makes me sound. nervous betting on him too. When I watch him. <laughs> yeah. Same. Uh, do you remember when Molinari was dominating and there was a time where he was practicing differently and there's an article that they wrote about it on Golf Digest? Uh, I think this is – okay, so it's 2018. They used to – I guess it was a point where they would throw him into situations while he was practicing that were just terrible or awful and just mess with his mind a little bit, I guess. more. I'm summarizing. I can't totally remember, but – do you remember Molinari doing that? And is that a thing that maybe like golfers need to stop being such pampered practicers maybe too. And maybe this is something that it can be applied to us. I mean, we go on to the perfect driving range and we hit the ball and it's not, that's never how it is. You're always doing stuff that messes with you. You got to look at the tree or this or that. So I, <clears throat> Should we start practicing better and differently? Or Josh, do you even practice? What do you mean? Do I practice? I practice pretty much every day. I didn't today though. Or you I just didn't. play golf. Well, I th I think some of the best practice you can do is actually playing. Just golf, playing. To yeah, exactly. Okay, so so you're the the boat. You're in that boat too. The 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 boat of get your kid out there and let them just play and like hammering it on the driving range is just worthless. Andy, do you agree with that? Have you practiced a lot in your career in golf? Yeah, I practice a lot, but I agree with Josh. I mean, I think it's all about intention, right? So like I hit the range a lot when I'm trying to change something in my swing. I play a lot when I'm trying to like get shoot better scores. Like if I'm playing a tournament, if I have, I don't play many tournaments. I grew up playing tournaments every single weekend. Now I only play like the member guest and the club championship. Um, but if I have something like that coming up, I'm going to be playing golf i'm going to be trying to simulate tournament settings which i think is you know what a lot of like even you see on the pga tour you know the last couple of years the best guys never used to play the week before majors um like it was very rare and i think that's starting to change i think you want to simulate tournament conditions as you know as close to a major championship as as you can right and i i think um I think more PGA tour players are, are realizing that. Right. And like, what's the, I, for, I don't have this stat. I think this is like a Bamford stat. Right. But uh, I think like all the major championship winners dating back to 2015 outside of COVID, every single one of them played in a PGA tour tournament within two weeks of the major that they won. Right. It's something like that. I may have, I may have gotten that stat a little bit wrong, but 
you know, it's, it's something along those lines. So yeah, I think like I practice when I go to the range, my intention is I'm going to work on my swing. I'm going to change something in my swing. Um, when I'm preparing for like a tournament, I want to be simulating as close situations as I can to that tournament as possible. May I add one thing, Andy? I think mm -hmm. two weeks prior to most tournaments is a marquee tournament. So I feel like... Yeah, but like someone like... Um, who was it? Uh, bet before the PGA Championship, there were a lot of guys that went... Uh, or before the US Open, they went Colonial, and then they didn't do Memorial or Canada. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Super interesting. Or before the PGA Championship, because I remember Cantlay didn't play for like three or four weeks before, I forgot what tournament he skipped before the PGA Championship. And everyone was talking about, oh, is it a concern that Morikawa and Cantlay were two of the guys that had it played in a month or in three weeks? Mm -hmm. That's super interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's do some housekeeping real quick. Uh, this is the mental health episode and i had some good mental health news today from my guys at thrive did you guys see the tweet i finished third I in the thrive thursday contest so i cashed 500 bucks off of some lineup that i told everybody to play i literally was on here and clicked it in it, it was live on the internet forgot about it until five o'clock today but if you want to try thrive it's fgp lack have you ever done a props type of parlay yeah i mean i i do the prize pick stuff with rec okay so are we in competition yeah, yeah. together <laughs> i have no idea is it the same thing <laughs> i don't know, I, know the same I got thing? money in the account baby it was great it was so fun today uh going 10 for 10 on the thrive picks hello it made me uh, feel like i should be doing that more than DraftKings because i'm very bad at DraftKings. But anyway, okay, so we've got a uh, sponsor potentially for the pod because I guess I have a promo code there. <clears throat> uh, either way, we're doing the mental episode and we're talking about things that have happened on the PGA Tour and everybody's mental guy or the, you know, the poster boy for mental health. Other than Bubba, the new wave dude is our guy, Matt Wolf. So Matt Wolf, he's at this was, I guess at one point last year at about this time, I don't really know where he came out and admitted that he had a mental health issue and he didn't want to get out of bed. Um, there was a point where he missed a few cuts and I think he was just sad and he wasn't in college anymore. And it was, you know, life on the road and life in PGA tour is not as glamorous maybe as he imagined it would be. So it clearly has impacted his game. And I think, not necessarily recently. I don't know if there's a new mental problem for Matt Wolf that's different from last year because he did really well after he admitted this stuff and Bubba helped him out because Bubba's been another guy that's had the same mental health issues. Or and, and now they're both now they're both going to live to live to live their best lives. Do you think they are? Oh yeah, I'm pretty confident that both are going to live. Well, so then. We can get into the reason why they might be doing that. But Bubba at one point said, hey, it's okay to not be okay sometimes. And this was in June of last year. And I think that's part of it is it's the way society has treated mental health. I think there's a society thing that has recognized that mental health is an issue. 
So I don't think it's necessarily just golfers. I think this happened in the NBA where they have different – they do schedules differently now. Kevin, in the NBA. Kevin Love's been a uh, big oh, champion yeah, for that. Kevin Love. Speaking of the NBA, it is now, oh, my God, a 54 wow. to 33 lead for Golden State Warriors in the NBA final. Wow. Warriors are looking like they want to wrap it up. Uh, there's been many players that have come out and talked about mental health stuff. Do I mean, life on the tour for these younger guys is difficult, I think. It's different also if you have kids, too. I think that's difficult. So I think life on the tour, it can can definitely mess with your mental health, which again is maybe potentially why we should try to click the guys that have openly admitted that they're happy, like Max Homas, or that they're working on their mental health as much as they're working on their driving distance. So I'm trying to say is that it's potentially another reason to click a name is because this guy's coming in in good form off of rest. We don't even talk about rest enough. Lack. Do you consider like a guy that has, maybe taking a couple weeks off or is playing the schedule that they want. If you're in a position between clicking a guy at 7,600 and this guy has rest and this guy is maybe fatigued mentally. It's really tough for me to, to quantify. Uh, but I, I, I will say this. I, I understand what you're getting at. And Wolf is a really interesting case. I've met Matthew Wolf before. He's got to be the nicest guy. One of the nicest guys I've ever encountered. Um, he plays at a course in Oklahoma uh, called Oak tree. He practiced. I don't know if he does anymore. Cause I think he, like I said, I think he's going to go to web, but uh, he, uh, he plays out a course out there with a couple of my buddies, but yeah, I think, Wolf's an interesting one because I think it was kind of one of the one of the first times right it, that something like that has happened in golf, right? And I think most people's reaction to something like that is something along the lines of, "Dude, you have like the best life in the world. Like you're on the PGA Tour. You're one of the best golfers in the world." I think this all kind of came right after he was contending at the U.S. Open at Winged Foot. You know he's had a bit of a precipitous fall in terms of his encore stuff, but you know, True. Wolf was more Kawa Hovland Wolf better career was like an argument. Yeah, and I think a lot of smart people would have taken Wolf at, at, you know, at some point. Right. Um, and you know, it got to the point where like, he wasn't even obviously his game went South, but like he wasn't even, I think last year's PGA championship, like he was, he was physically healthy and he like, he didn't even want to play. He couldn't, he couldn't even get up to play. Um, so listen, I have a, I have a ton of compassion for anybody in, in that situation. I've been through some, some stuff myself and, um, I ha I feel like I have a, at least a little bit of perspective on, on some stuff like that. So I always think like, Hey man, and this is something me and Chad, talked about before like when we were we first started talking about you know our different opinions on like how people treat each other on the inter on the internet and i i shared a bit of a different perspective on that and the reality is like you you just really never know what's going on under the hood right um and you know i hope with wolf he figures it out uh if that means live fantastic go for it buddy um but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll see. What do you guys think? 
Well, I got. Yeah, I actually had a, a mini pivot there because you kind of started going down a road that I wanted to talk to you about anyway, and my my question is kind of headed down the same road. Do you think things that people say about these golfers on the internet, all almost all of them have Twitter accounts or Instagrams or whatever. Most of the time, people are being pretty nice to them and saying, "Hey, good job, buddy! You shot a sixty-two. You know, whatever." But do you think there's, you know, there's certain certain people out there that just always have to say bad things about people, no matter what? Do you think <laughs> that those people impact how pro golfers go about their life? And I know for sure they impact people like us because we have yeah. a smaller following. But you think, and we can talk about that too. Uh, but do you think it impacts them at all, or do you think they just don't care? And they, well, maybe they don't even run their own Twitter accounts, so. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, like, I know, for example, that Xander doesn't run his own Twitter account. I would say no. I would say podcasters for sure. But, you know, golfers, I would probably say that a lot of their Twitter stuff is run through their agent. I know Xander's is run is run through his agent, Ross. I don't know about some other golfers, but I, I would imagine no. I mean, I guess you could look at somebody like Taylor Gooch. Taylor Gooch is clearly running his Twitter account because he's mm -hmm. responding to people. Um, Max Homa runs his. Yeah, Max Homa. I'm pretty sure JT probably runs his too. But no, I don't think they're mining through replies. I mean, do you guys? Fuck. No, no. I, I doubt it. But I, I'm sure, actually, I'm positive that they see some of it because every once in a while, you'll see one of them retweet or reply to something that is Holy negative room. about them. And, yeah, and it's random as hell. Yeah. They'll destroy whoever it is. So I'm, yeah. I'm sure they see it, but I don't, my, I guess my question is, I don't know if it I'll, impacts them. Or I'll give you guys an example. I'll give you guys an example. Do you guys know who Alex Smalley is? He's been in the mix yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I went yep. to, I went to college with him and I DM'd him to come on my podcast and I got an email back from his agent. So, I mean, it, like, mm. I, I would imagine that a lot of it is like these, yeah, these yeah, agents yeah. are the yeah. ones running it. We once, we once, Martins and I once DM'd uh, or like messaged or somehow reached out to Tom Hoagie and got the, the generic bounce back, cold <laughs> shoulder, stiff arm. And then like, no joke, two weeks later, Davis Maddock had him as a guest on his podcast. And I was like, the fuck? <laughs> fuck. Rude. Tom Hoagie, man. Do you think uh do you think we as non-professional golfers, but people doing like shitty podcasts uh that have seven viewers at, at nine o'clock at night, <laughs> do you think we can learn something from these these like pro golfers? How they can just again, I know that they see these things because they reply to it. So they see it and they can just say, ah, screw it, I don't really care. Or you know, just doesn't let them it doesn't they don't they aren't impacted by it as much as you know maybe we are because I see something. Somebody replies to me and says, "Hey, I post my my uh, model every week." Somebody might post and say, "Your model's fucking stupid," and I'll look at him and be like, "Well, what the fuck?" And then I'll have to respond because I'm annoyed by it. Do you think we can learn something from professional athletes and how they're able to? Not the ones that don't run their own accounts, obviously. The Gucci's, the the home. Are you talking ones. about like responding to trolls and how we should just ignore trolls? That right. That's what I'm saying. Do you do you think we can take something from them and you know, realize how they handle it versus how well, a lot of us handle it, where we just kind of attack back and then it gets <laughs> aggressive. Yeah. I know I do that a lot, but 
yeah, that's my question. Do you think you think us all us all as a collective group of people that have their own yeah, show? Yeah, we should ignore the fucking trolls from how I they mean, do it. And what do you think? Yeah, Andy, you yeah, hundred percent. I could not agree more. I think, <laughs> I think the um, the mute button is a beautiful invention. Um, yeah. The block do you mute button, or do you block? Are you a muter or a blocker? Okay, so. I'm a muter. I'll be honest. I have one person blocked. And the only re the I'm telling you right now, I had this person muted for a really long time because I don't really believe in blocking because I think a lot of the times it's like an acknowledgement of you let them wet. Like they won. That's what right? they wanted. So yeah. That's what yeah. they wanted. Right. And then they're going to sure. tweet the screenshot about it. Uh, that they blocked you. And oh, by the way, they have six fucking burners anyway. So it doesn't yeah, matter. Right, They're right. still going to find your stuff and look at it. Right. Right. But yeah. Yeah. no, but I, I've always been the muter. The only reason why I blocked one person was because I had this guy muted forever and he was completely out of sight, out of mind. Like, I don't even know if he was still going at me or anything, but then somebody, somebody sent me something that he said about my family um, and I mean, this is probably the worst thing to admit, you know, because the last thing you want to do is admit to them that they got under your skin and hurt you. But yeah, he said something about my family. And to be honest, that's a thing that has caused me a lot of pain and trauma and sadness and destroyed my parents' marriage. And he's bringing it up on Twitter for everyone to see. And to be honest, when I saw that message, I like wanted to fucking run through a wall. And uh, luckily, I have a great group of friends that, you know, calmed me down and said, you know, we're like, we'll fucking do you want us to go out? I was like, no, just leave it alone. But I was probably going to say something stupid and put my mm -hmm. career at risk because generally, for the most part, I have to use Twitter, you know, to help my career. So in that situation, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to block him. And that is the only time where somebody wants to troll my golf takes. Like, I don't give a shit. That's fine. <laughs> if you get annoying, I'll mute you. But to me, that felt like that hit me a little bit different. So that was the only time that I blocked him. Sorry. I didn't mean to get deep on no, that. Josh, what do you, oh, how good. do you feel? How do you feel about that though? Like there's personal attacks. No, I think, and then I think there's like, trolling because like we all know we right there's a clear some line and type difference. of ego policing like we all want we all deserve that every once in a while and i really did appreciate cecil knocking me down a peg or two every once in a while i didn't like it at the time but i realized later like yeah i was taking myself too seriously or my 15 likes were that many and I right. needed to be humbled but at the same time i don't want someone going out of their way to talk about my family's past i mean that's fucking ridiculous to me josh you feel the same way we've talked about this for sure time. yeah i think there's a there's a pretty fine line between what something like cecil does where he just kind of ribs you a little bit and as long as you know that he's doing it he's mostly doing it for fun anyway he's typing in and laughing and then a lot of people are laughing other people are laughing too he's so bored there's a fine line between what he yeah. does and like Saul goodman's a good dude like he's gone at me before we've yeah. talked him too and like yeah, Saul's a, he's a he's a good dude 
like, what about yeah, you, Darbo? Darbo, do you face do you face the same things on YouTube that you do on Twitter? Is Twitter just a cesspool? Is there certain social medias that these golfers should just avoid altogether, or should you just not be on social media? Are you expecting this when you get a following and you're a public figure? You should expect this. Okay, so a, a couple of few a few things. Andy, thank you for sharing. Like that's yeah, yeah that's agree. vulnerable information that you don't need agree. to. So appreciate that no problem guys secondly to to piggyback off that when someone makes something personal they themselves have lost doesn't matter what it is could be a debate could be an argument when you make something personal you've lost you're the loser so you know anyone if that person's listening you lost in that public yeah the public sentiment on that is that one side is just lo- <laughs> they're taking the losing route you're, you're taking the low road which yeah. is not the way to do it like if if you're gonna if anything be constructive don't because be these people are gonna not go away like you can't just say something and then the like you've said it you're you're it's over like it's out there like you have to consider your words and what your words the actions of those words and th- there's a point where there's no going back. Like you did right. what you did, you know, like, or whatever. So, so you have to consider that or, or just fucking own it. And that's who you are. And guess what? Then you get the treatment you get for having that as what you own. So the other thing to go on top of that though, is like, if you're someone who makes polarizing takes, like I've got the best website in the world, or I've got <laughs> the best, whatever you're going to be subject for that criticism. True. Guess so Sal Vetri. Is just like such an easy <laughs> yeah. target. Like yeah. he does it right. to himself. True. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you're going to be subject to that type of criticism. Then it depends on how you take that criticism, whether or not the trolls can, you know, get under your skin. Um, I've personally, you know, as much as I like the stuff that I do, I don't, I don't make any of those polarizing takes. I'm not going to say my content is the best content. I'm not going to say. I'm the only way you're going to find answers. I'm not going to say any of that. I'm going to let you do, you know, take the information that I provide. If it helps you, great. If it doesn't, then I'm sorry. You know, like it's on you. You know, I'm not, like, like I said, I'm, I've stayed away from not saying polarizing things. So I don't get any kind of like negative feedback anywhere. And I think that's kind of the, I think that's one of the main reasons. True. So, true. Andy, a question for you. So yeah. as you're as you're kind of growing your following here, oh, Chad's gone. As so as you're growing your following here, you're you're doing your new thing that you got coming up that we kind of talked about and we're keeping quiet. Um, you know, as you're growing here, so you have obviously just this one guy that, and we it's it's Ruby. We can say who it was. He was on <laughs> our show a few weeks ago. We don't. Who fucking cares? That's who it was. So we have him. That did that, you know, as you're growing, are you expecting, you know, there's a percentage of followers that are just going to follow you that are looking for a way to just break you down. So are you expecting or planning or finding different ways to like handle people if that kind of situation happens again? Because I know you said happened and you were informed of it and you were ready to run through a wall. So, you know, as you're growing, this might happen again with somebody else that, you know, none of us know. Is there is there some way that you're, you know, thinking about how to, you know, handle those people differently or better so that, you know, you can we're not we're not all thinking about like trying to run through a wall to try and like right, white people. Right. Is that something yeah. you've been thinking about at all? Listen, to be honest with you, I maybe I should. 
I don't expect anyone to come at my family again. Yeah, you, yeah, you <laughs> maybe, shouldn't. But maybe, maybe that's naive, right? But I, you're right. I was so, I was so unprepared for a situation like that because I was so shocked that someone was willing to go there that I was kind of just like, holy shit, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I, I was, I was, I was really shocked that that, you know, people. I, I don't understand the psychology of somebody that's that's yeah. going to do that. I'm sure I don't want to pass judgment too. like a lot of these people that act a certain way. And this is an, another thing that I want to talk to you about Chad with some of the, this is a whole other conversation, but um, you know, the people that the person that said that to me, the people that say mean things on Twitter, I don't know what's going on with them. Right. I assume that they're acting this way for a reason. I would imagine that the majority of the people that feel the need to, to act that way on Twitter Maybe they got bullied, you know, maybe they had some shit going on that for some reason they feel like they need to lash out to me. I've always looked at it like when I first started Twitter and what I was trying to grow and make a career out of this, I always looked at it like, okay, I'm going to just, I'm going to try and be a good human. And hopefully that'll put me in positions where people actually want to help me. And that's what happened, right? Like I was, when somebody put out a podcast that I really liked that I thought was good, I would DM them and I would say, dude, that was really fucking awesome. Like I really liked your podcast. And I would say that to people like Pat and Rick and, you know, people that had bigger followings than me. And then what do you know? Those people actually shockingly wanted to help me. Like they genuinely wanted to help me. And that, that's how I was able to to get into the position that I am now. So, but yeah. I think consider, there are more- consider who Eric Martins and I are, and the fact that this even exists. First of all, so clearly anybody can do this. That's the first truth of it all. And you can go DM anybody truly, and they'll call. They'll DM you back, Darbo. I didn't even know you. We did DM you DM me, or we DM'd each other, and same with you, Josh. I didn't know you either. I think nope. it was uh, when you were posting things. I forget what it was, but I'm like, I'll bet you a beer that these players do better than your players, yes, basically. Yes, just interact and have fun. Yeah. And, then we, and then it develops and it goes beyond that. You still owe me a case of beer, by the way. Probably. Goddamn. <laughs> uh, really, I, I, it comes down to the, the minute that there is a dickhead on the Twitter machine t- tweeting at you, you just block and you give them the finger and you move on and you go, guess what, homie, go to your burner or guess what, homie, you're not going to get my content as easily. And you're the one who in four months from now, eight months from now, two years from now, you'll come around and you'll be like, crap, why was I mean to that guy? That makes no sense. And I really actually want to listen to what I was fucking saying. And I want to see his tweets. This is, this has happened in circles and cycles. I've watched it happen in the industry. I've been doing this now long enough to know that people hate each other and then they like each other and then they hate each other. And then all of a sudden it's like, they realize, Oh, we're the same person <laughs> or they realize, Oh, I actually like your content. So I think there's my guy, where... Brian Kersher had me blocked for a long time and now I have his. Cell yes. Phone be be long thinking. <laughs> think long thinking. <laughs> the, the mental, the mental stuff is, is real though, because social media is, is a problem. there's there's stats that prove it yeah yeah no you're you're absolutely right i mean to come 
to come full circle with it, um, to me, like I, I never really understood the appeal. I think a lot of people get frustrated if things aren't working out for them on Twitter. Like if they're not growing or if their podcast isn't taking off and they say, and they say, you know, that's not what, what are you talking about? Oh yeah. Uh, were, were you, you were pointing at yourself? Yeah. Chad, I love your podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. Don't make me lose my train of thought here. I was big. I, I have a, I have a point that I want to get to here. Um, Chad can't help himself. But think, not just not I think, talking. I think some people, some people get frustrated, right? And they see like, why the fuck is this Brian Kirshner getting 8,000 followers in two months, right? Like why the fuck is, you know, where the fuck did these guys come from? Right. And they feel like they need to knock those guys down or they feel like they need to say, Hey, fuck you guys. Like it's not supposed to be that easy. You guys are skipping a step, whatever. And why isn't this happening to me? Right. And so they'll resort to, I'm just, I'm in a, like I talked about the reason why the genuine reason why I believe that I was able to grow and make a career out of this. It's not necessarily because I'm smarter than anyone else. It's not necessarily because I'm more charismatic than anyone else. It's not necessarily because I'm smarter at golf or a better talker or even a harder worker than anyone else. Like I genuinely think I was able to get in this position just by legitimately trying to be a good human and like it, building relationships. And it just kind of went from there. I think a lot of people, go the other way. They don't, they look at it and they say, okay, I, I'm not going to, I'm not able to do that. So I'm just going to, I'm going to take the other side and I'm going to be a troll and I'm going to shit on people. And I'm going to do all these other things because this isn't working for me. Right. And that's, I think the thing that I would, that I would question a bit. Right. It's like, I think a lot of these people that are just mean on Twitter, just for the sport of it, it's like, where's that getting you? What like what are you what are you actually accomplishing with that? Because I've tried going the other way and like actually trying to build relationships on here, and I have a career that's like better than my wildest dreams. I can't believe that people pay me to talk about golf. It's ridiculous, right? And so that's the thing that I would ask is like I I understand why people do it, and I don't think that it is ever going to end. But if you're one of the people that is just mean on Twitter for the sport of being mean on Twitter. I would ask yourself, like, where's that, where's that getting you? Are, are you succeeding at that? Is that, are you accomplishing your goal? And Hey, maybe your goal is to just be a deck. Right. But I think a lot of the people that, that do it, I try and have compassion for them because I'm sure maybe there's something going on behind the scenes and maybe they're doing it out of frustration or maybe they, got bullied as a kid or something and they feel the need to act that way for some reason. Darvo, Darvo, what do you think being kind of out there? You've been out there for a few years. You've kind of had your Twitter world criticisms or whatever. You kind of know too. I mean, Josh, you're new to your stream following with your model and all that. So we very, very new. But, but I, I, and I'm, by the way, I'm not very good at when people have some negative comments too. I'm, I'm ready to fire back at all times. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a quick question for Andy though. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I can't remember the first time like that I came across your name or something like that. 
but you hadn't hit it like super big at that moment. Like you didn't go on. I, you I still haven't hit it super. Big, well, but yeah, so, so let's. I don't. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I got there, you. There's a moment though that like, could you feel yourself like just about to break through, and then and then that moment in time, you went from hundreds of followers to thousands of followers. Mm. Um, because I always were... feel like there's like a a damn moment for a lot of like anything I've ever listened to on YouTube with YouTube followers, like continue to keep putting content out, keep, continue, continue, continue. It's going to be a slow grind. And then you're going to get a little trickle here, here, here until the dam breaks. And then a bunch of people are going to fly, fly through. Did that happen to you or, or not so yeah, much? Kind of probably kind of, I think there was kind of two parts of it. First of all, by the way, like just to give backstory, I was an intern at golf digest at the beginning of the pandemic the internship ended and I had worked all through college. So I had some money saved up and I had played golf my whole life. I wasn't good enough to compete, but my backup plan was, okay, I'm going to be, go to PGA school and be a golf pro. Right. Mm. But what I said to myself was, you know what? I love making, I love talking gambling. I'm a big better. I love DraftKings. And when I was an intern at golf digest, I helped kind of launch their, their betting column and stuff like that. So you know what? I'm going to take a year of my life and I'm going to start a blog. And if when I run out of money in a year, I'm just going to go to PGA school and that's going to be fine. But I'm going to devote a year of my life to this. And so for the first like four months of that, I kid you guys not, literally nobody. I was I had three Twitter followers, maybe like I got to 20 Twitter followers at, at some point, right? But like, Nobody, I had nothing. I four months in, I had zero juice, zero momentum. And I started a podcast because no one was reading the blog and the first couple <laughs> podcast episodes, no one fucking listened to. I mean, 10, 15 people and half of them were my friends and family. And then for some like way, she, again, like basically what I did was I would ask people that had bigger followings to come on. And I, instead of trying to get something from them, instead of trying to like, I don't know, use them, I really like focused on, okay, how can I like actually build a relationship with this person? Right. And so that started helping a little bit. I I'm always grateful to like PGA tout John, who's a friend of mine, a great friend of mine. Now he went, he said yes to my podcast when I had 20 followers and he had 800 followers. Right. And that helped me get from 20 to 80 right? Mm -hmm. Or something like that. And then the, honestly, the big thing that happened was Jeff Feinberg saw some tweet that I put out about Victor Hovland and he retweeted it and me and, and he DM'd me asking me for more Victor Hovland stats. <laughs> and then me and Jeff started this DM friendship where me and Jeff, and we still talk every day, Jeff's one of my closest friends, but we started this DM friendship where he would basically ask me for stats and I would give him stats on people. And then he would go on Mayo and, then and use my stat and yeah. use my stats. And after a certain point, Mayo was like, who the fuck is Jeff? Who, where the fuck are you getting all these stats? Like, <laughs> you don't know this. And, yes. and Feinberg was like, yeah, it's this guy, Andy Lack. Andy and Lack. I think when I first time I went on mail, I had 700 followers maybe. And, and that, and then it kind of, it took off from there, but yeah, it kind of, you just, it, 
you just got to keep grinding and and hope and hope something hits. And then you never know when a Jeff Feinberg's going to be scrolling through Twitter looking for a reason to bet Victor Hovland. There you go. If I remember correctly. Did you like, did you retweet a lot of Mayo stuff and, and Feinberg? Like, yeah, those guys were like yeah. the, to me, they were <clears throat> the goats and they still are. They are the standard of, I've always loved golf stuff. So like they didn't turn me into golf. Um, I always consumed like I, I like knowing up and, and all the, the regular golf stuff. But as far as golf gambling goes, they were my entire introduction to that. Yep. Even before Rick and then Rick, they were the first show I listened to, the only show I listened to. So that was, yeah, that was like my dream for me at that time. And so, you know, yeah. There's a bit of pride, like, and I don't say this like in a negative way. I say it like a negative way to myself. Like I have too much pride to retweet other people's stuff. <laughs> like that's, that's my own issue. Like, because. Hey, you retweeted a fantasy golf pod thing I saw the other day. Well, okay, can <laughs> I, he's on it. Right, can I, go, go ahead. No, no, no. I want to hear. Cause I, I want to, I have something to say on that, but I'm curious to why you feel that way. Cause I yeah, kind exactly. of agree with you in some step in well, some semblances. In, in a way, my, my whole life, I've always wanted people to find myself organically. And don't get me wrong. I understand the organic nature of, of putting yourself out there, you know, like trying to get more eyeballs on you. But like, I don't know. It's just a it's a it's a stubborn northern Minnesota thing that I have going totally. on. Like that it, it has exactly nothing to do with like a business model. Like that would be a very bad business model. Mm-hmm. But like that's that's the only the only thing that I would like. I think you did it the right way. And I think even like Kirshner does it the right way. And PGA tout. Like I, I think when I, when I was starting to follow you guys, I think you guys all had small followings and it's such like you guys continued to work, you know, with like the Rick Gaiman's, the Pat Mayo's and stuff, mm-hmm. not so much from their end, but you continued to like retweet their stuff. And, and yeah. just, I think it's getting more the of that jerk. Stuff, right. It's like a, it's like a marketing thing in a way people yeah. get to see your stuff. Yeah. through their stuff. That's why know? I'm not trying to that's why I'm trying to retweet you Darbo. Well, and so I enjoy retweeting But, but Darbo truly has n- not enough followers for the content he produces and for the the actual insight and things that can help you. My god, compared to some so, of these people that have amazing followings that are worthless human beings like myself, you, you need more followers than me. What the fuck if, is going on? Or Josh? If you if you follow everything that I do, you will see that I am a second person. I'm a responder. I'll, I'll like, if you do something for me, I'll do something for you, which is again, to my detriment. It isn't like I'm better than everybody. It's just like, I don't know. I have a question for lack. What about the idea of having me, Chad Eckert has an account and then fantasy golf pod has an account. Cause I've kind of thought Darbo should have his own account and then you just circle jerk yourself a bunch. Yeah, I, I've got that inside golf has, has a, yes, has you should do account. this. 100%. And then you could do different yeah. things on here and you do different things on there. And maybe someone's like, I don't like Darbo, but I like his actual like schedule. So, announcements. I only, yeah. I, I, to, to what Andy was saying really early on, I hate social media. I hate Twitter. <laughs> if I'm going to be honest with you, I don't want to, I don't want to be on it other than just to share my stuff through YouTube. Sure. Like I would think I'm more of a YouTuber than a, a Twitter yep. person or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, there was a point in time where I thought, you know, instead of if people don't have the time to watch my videos, I'll just, you know, 
take a screenshot or, or whatever and post that on my Twitter and say, hey, here are all, all my buckets, yada, 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 follow this and, and then go that way. But I just I just don't have the energy to be on social media, if I'm being honest. Do you think? Yeah, well, that yeah, you get what you get. Sure. Well, can I Absolutely. can I can I say why I think? Yes, you can, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> you can say whatever. so. So the when I the only time that I re when I retweet something, I retweet something because I think it's good. Now, whether that thing is hmm. Pat Mayo show or somebody that has two hundred followers thing. I'm retweeting it because I think that I think that thing is good. And so I want other people to see it because I think it's good. I'll give you an example of this. One of my good friends who I had on the podcast this week and I've become really close with him and I don't, I don't know how many followers he has. He doesn't have enough. I can tell you that, but he's a guy named Kobe uh, DuBose and he's won close to 700 grand on DraftKings in the past year. And Kobe we started interacting on Twitter. This was when Kobe had two or 300 followers, maybe less. And we started talking because he found my podcast and he basically was thanking me for, you know, all these giant scores from stuff I said on my podcast. And I started talking to him and I was like, this guy's fucking good. This guy's like really smart. This guy's smarter than 99% of the people that I've met on here he sh more people should know about this guy. Right. So he would post a couple of Twitter threads and stuff like that. And he's got some really interesting stuff to say. Not, I mean, he's a criminal defense lawyer, right? So for example, he'll tweet, he tweeted a thread about Lev that I thought was really interesting. He'll tweet Josh something about Josh. really, I thought it was well, good, no, but just, I understand the counter argument. Yeah. Okay. No, that's I'm not fair. putting words in I, Josh's mouth, but I just laugh. Listen, I respect, <laughs> I respect, I respect all opinions on that front, but like, I actually don't remember that tweet. And, I, maybe I did hate it, but sorry. Anyway, he was talking about like Patrick anyway, Reed's mean and he should leave and blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, it was a little different it. than that. But anyway, <laughs> I, that and it got to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have this guy on my podcast because this guy's really good. I don't really care mm -hmm. how many followers he has too. And mm -hmm. I think that's how you should approach it, right? Like you should go about Twitter trying to support the people that you really respect and you yeah, really do not appreciate. retweet fantasy golf pod, dude. <laughs> well, well, what if I respect and retweet fantasy? Well, no, golf it's terrible. Pod? No, 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 you got to go find the guy that's but part of the issue is I'm not scrolling on Twitter like Brian Kirshner okay. does all the time, so I'm not seeing everything, <laughs> you know. That's fair, then you know, but again, like I would at like, <laughs> let me ask you a question Are you? the YouTube stuff that you do and your Twitter following, is that a hobby or what you're trying to do professionally? It's a hobby for now, for sure. I okay. mean, eventually though, I mean, it's, it's all time induced, you know, it's like, how much time do I have for everything? Having a okay. life, putting together data, you know, putting YouTube videos together and then also having Dating, a nine to five trying to get, so. a, trying to lock a girl down. It's fucking impossible. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so I think you should look at things differently. I think that people that are do it like for me, I made a decision. I was like, you know what? I want to make a career out of this. Yes. I'm going to put my cards on the table. I think I'm good enough to get paid to do this as my full-time job. And so when you're looking at it that way, Twitter is a lot more important yeah, to your livelihood. Yeah, it is, sure. it is impossible to avoid. I would have nothing without Twitter, to be honest with you. 
But like, if you're, if you have a great job, which is by the way, a lot of people that have podcasts and put out picks, that's like a whole other thing that we don't need to get into now. But like a lot of podcasts that people shit on or quote unquote touts for putting out the picks, like these guys are doing it because it's a passion of theirs. Like they're giving you free content <laughs> because they like to, and you're just like putting them down. Like they have jobs. This isn't their job. Like they do it because 95% of podcasts that you see are probably like hobbies and passions for people that genuinely bring them joy. So why no, are you going to no, put no, them that's down? Not they're true. not, that's they're not, not ha harming Lack. anyone. They're just addicted to that dope dopamine reward <laughs> loop. But what are they getting? Like what, like I'm talking about, I think most podcasts that don't aren't, it's not their full-time job. Yeah, totally. They're probably not getting enough dopamine. And if they were, it would be their full-time job. Or they would, not, they would just be consumers of the products. Now right. that's the thing too. You don't have to create the content. You can consume the content at the same time. This has been a fun episode. This is the show for the night. I don't want to go much longer than this. Although, Andy, have you heard about the after show? It's a show we do after the show. It's called the after show. <laughs> um, I haven't heard about the after no, show. You don't, you, it's, it's new. It's new. Okay. The reason why it's new is because it wasn't a thing. It was, a, it was only when <clears throat> I'm like – Wait, you're still talking to each other? I logged on to YouTube and I see it's live with the red, and I'm like, "This has been three hours since I've left the uh, episode." Andy, so this, guys let me tell you what up. happens, Andy. Yeah, Chad's going to talk, but he's never actually been there. I, Eric <laughs> Darbo, and I have been there, so I'm going to tell you exactly what happens. We end the show at an hour because Chad thinks an hour is more than an hour is too long, so we ended it at an hour, and then we, I so I'd hit the end broadcast button, and Darbo and I. And sometimes Cecil, when he was on the show, we would sit there and talk for a while about golf, upcoming swing. golf, about fucking anything, anything and, and everything. I text yeah. Chad and I'm like, dude, we were talking and like the stuff that we talk about after the show might just be better than the stuff that we talk about <laughs> during the show. And he's like, all right, just keep just keep filming. So keep we get to an hour. Chad's got seven kids. Martin's has a couple Three. kids. So they they get to the hour three yeah they get to the hour and they Thank gotta you. go put kids to bed and they gotta do all this stuff with their kids so we just, I just keep letting it run and then Darbo and I do the same thing we'll just and Cecil when he was here uh, we just sit here and talk about golf and life and all types of stuff and then every once in a while I just text Chad three hours into the show and be like hey we're still live why don't you, Are you in bed? And talk so that, you West Coast that's person that right now. Yeah, I'm in Los Angeles. Okay. Hey, yeah. I got one I got one thing to bring up before you leave, Andy, if you if you're planning on leaving anytime shortly. I am not going to stick around for the after show, though it no, sounds no, like no. a delight. That's yeah, a good idea. Yeah, don't but, do it. Okay, Chad, either hit the music now or I'll ask my or I'll say my thing. No, just do do say your okay. thing. We're, so, we're, we're still going there. back to the Matt Wolf thing. Mm -hmm. If you track it and you, I would say this, go back to um What's the one in the in Palm Desert? Gosh dang it. The American Express. Right. Hmm. You remember when he when he didn't move his golf ball when he put the club right behind the golf ball? I'm not saying I, this is a, a direct result to his depression thing, but uh -huh. I think it rattled him for that tournament throughout that round. And I I joked about it then, but I, I have not seen Matt Wolf be the same person since that moment. Because he 
he caused the ball to move, but he he said, no, 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 it wasn't me, it wasn't me. He was not assessed the penalty, but like mm. if you're a good conscious person and you're consciously thinking that you might have moved the golf ball, especially with his little his little move right before, yeah. he, he, he caused the ball to move. And I, I swear to God, from that moment forward, just weird things happened to Matt Wolf from that Interesting. moment on. I didn't even put the pieces of the puzzle together like that, but I know the events you're talking about. And yeah, you could be onto something. I think maybe that's one of the benefits of going to live, not having to deal with <laughs> PGA Tour rules officials. That's a fair anymore, point. Right? Yeah. Or cameras. Like, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know how many cameras will be on him, you know, when he's playing, but yeah. It was a weird, yeah. it was a weird time. And mm. that's, I think, the same year where he took his practice stroke on, on, at the, at Augusta and yeah. hit the golf ball. Like, you know, what loser does that? <laughs> yeah. <just> kidding. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that, yeah, they get, they, they get relief from that. Um, so, all right, gentlemen. Wait, wait, hold you on. We hear, got we got a question hear. here. We had a whole bunch of people sending stuff in here, and our guy, yeah, our guy Joe, specifically asked Andy, "Is does Siwoo have a big bounce back tomorrow?" God, Joe, I hope so, but <laughs> I I wouldn't I wouldn't like count on it. Like I can't I can't I can't confidently say that that's going to happen. I will say this: I think the cut's going to be like plus four, plus five. And you can definitely shoot even par, one or two under par on this golf course. So he's not dead yet, but I would put it at like 15% max, Ooh. maybe, that he makes the cut. Feels about mm. right. It's at this is too plus high. six right now. I guess Do you think high. so? No, I don't know. You're probably 15. right. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. It's probably closer to five. Anyway. Um. Andy Lack, go follow him on Twitter. You probably already do. Uh, you probably listen to his podcast. It comes out Sunday mornings typically, right? Because you're doing the week mm -hmm. before preview, which is really helpful to get the uh, bearings for the week coming up. Um, you're also on with Rick Run Good. You do an odds checker. Do you still do an odds checker thing? Yeah, Mar Monday article every single week. Do a bunch of articles for Rick, too. Yeah. Andy Lack is at ADP because he's Alpha Delta. Alpha Delta Phi. <laughs> Lack. <laughs> Cool, we learned something. <clears throat> Go follow on Twitter. Thanks for joining us, Andy. You're welcome anytime, uh, whether it's water or water. Thanks, guys. Cheers, boys. That was a blast, and we'll do it again. Thanks for having me on, guys. Peace Great out, time. man. Good to see you. third quarter here of the nba finals game six it's a closeout game for the warriors and they're up bigly 74 57 that's the update from the sports desk this is the after show uh it's not the golf guys program the golf guys program is over it was a good program i didn't get a into exactly like all of the things i wanted to talk about because i kind of wanted to talk about handicapping strokes gained home life well, we kind of talked about that though, but you know, you actually know what we yeah. said. We basically said it doesn't matter. We don't care. So it's the same as everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. Like you add it in, but you don't, or you do. It's up to you. It doesn't fucking matter. I just like that Max Homa is getting better with his mental uh, side of golf, which then proves that it can happen. I feel like Max would be the one that would be the litmus test to that because he seems the most normal. 
Although so, he's also said though, so he said he's the he's working on the mental stuff, but he's also said he's been putting it when he had a podcast when he was with um what the fuck yeah. Uh yeah, shame when he was on that podcast, he said he was putting a ton of work into his actual swing. Hmm. And then he stopped doing the podcast, I think, to put more time into both of those. Oh, so there's nothing to do with his mental swing. That that's not true. I, well, well, I don't think it's true. I think there. I think there's some of both, though. So I don't. I don't think we can put like if somebody just comes out and says, "Hey, uh, this, I'm all I'm doing is working on my mental game." We can't be like, "Oh, they're working on the mental game. They're gonna get better." He also said he was working a lot on his actual golf. So I, th- I think there's probably two way street there. I don't think we can just see like somebody tweet and say, "Hey, working on my mental game." We go all in on them. Like I don't. I think there was. But 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 uh, he was like uh, no, uh, he good said athlete. that he was having too high of expectations of himself. He was struggling with what was. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that that's that wasn't a he part. He thought of he didn't belong on tour, and now he believes he belongs, and he has faith in himself. He's working on being calm and patient. He's right. talking about his coach is like position over perfection. You're in a right. position to do things. You are on the course. Just put yourself in a position. His wife. Even said, forgive yourself. Max Homa has the support system that he may not have had. And that fucking helps. Darbo, if you had a girl at home that was massaging your shoulders and was telling you you're going to be great tomorrow and you're round and was preparing your lunch, and preparing the food that was going into your golf bag. Hey, is that not going to help you? That has nothing to do with you swinging a club. But of course, that's going to help yourself out there on the course. Let's get these guys that are in the mental health uh, protocols. And getting better at mental health, right? Just as much as they're getting longer, Darbo. I mean, I think it. I think it depends, right? Because like, mm-hmm. if someone's saying that they're struggling with their mental health, I don't think they just get a golden ticket to be like, "Yes, let's let's put them on our team." Like, I think like with a Matt Wolf, just I, identifying it doesn't mean he's just cured of it. You know, it, like I think you would, you still want to be apprehensive from playing too much of that golfer. But like still monitor like his his performances and just see how he deals with high pressure situations. I think like the Max Homa thing in my mind, because I I really didn't pay attention to him until he even even after he got his first win. I'm just like, oh, this is some nobody who got his first win. But like even prior to that, I think when you're young and you go on tour. So I think this really applies more to young, uh, like new PGA Tour players. Okay, let me interrupt you. The second season on tour, Max Homa made two of 17 cuts and only made $18,000. So, like, the second you're on tour, you could almost write them off. But One thing to note is the the pressure that comes from on the tour. This this goes hand-in-hand with the whole live golf thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of these tour players who only make two of 17 cuts, they have to pay all of their expenses going into it. And, like... You, me, Josh, if we somehow got a golden ticket to play on the PGA Tour, but we had to do everything the same way everyone else does, even if we're, um, if we got the, what's the word starts with an E that you you get to exemption. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's say we all got an exemption to play a year long. We still have to come up with all the expenses to get us to, you know, each event. Right. So yeah, we're not making cut. Yeah. You're, you're only $18,000. So 
How much money did he lose his second season on tour if he only made $18,000? He probably lost well, 100, 200, 400. I listened to uh, something on the PJ Tour. Missing a cut cost you $3,500 today. And that's that, minimum. That was like a, an estimate. Yeah, exactly. That was like an estimated minimum, basically. Like, because yeah, because it's a flight and it's a hotel and it's a caddy and it's a thing. And it's, but it's a, also a fee straight. to play. Yeah, it's exactly. not like you get to play each event for free. You got to put money into each event to play. So I think that's where some people don't understand the, the, you know, the appeal of going to live golf. Like, I don't, if I, like I, I get paid regardless, you know, playing in an event I, that to some of these cut, like the journeymen of the world, you know, the people that you don't ever see win a tournament, but gain enough points barely to make it to the next year to retain their card, or they have to go down to the corn Ferry tour to retain their card again. That shit is stressful. I imagine like just knowing that you may not be, you know, you might lose your card and your dream to play on the PJ tour might be over within two months. You know, like that stuff would play with you mentally and it would get you depressed real fast. Oh, totally. And then you're alone on the road and you're 30 or 24. And if you're an extrovert like a Matt Wolf that has had a lot of attention over his lifetime, you don't think every Friday night through high school and every Friday and Saturday night and in college, he wasn't this center of attention. And then now he's out there alone, chilling on social media putting out that fake life that he's cool and he's got this Nike shit, but it's all, all a hey, fake. Hey, remember, facade. most of the stuff happened during COVID for Matt Wolf when there That's was no crowd. That's what I was going to mention, too. There's a COVID problem, too. Is yeah. that, like, you're then Isolation. alone and with COVID and you're walking around with a mask and then he can't show off his nice teeth. But That's what uh, that's what happened with Chris Kirk, right? He was, I think so. He, he said he was on the road by himself all the time, and he had nothing else to do but drink, so he just drank himself to death, basically. Speaking of that, we, we don't want to talk about sober people. Oh, God. Sorry. Just kidding. <laughs> what? No, uh, respect to them. Be- here, here, Here's what I'm saying. Uh, I've got an idea for the show, Josh. Right now? Well, in general, for the future of the show. So I'm going to... Not that that I'm proud of this, but if there are times this summer where we're late night, it's 3M open and it doesn't matter kind of tournament, we're going to be drinking late and these beers are going to start racking up, right? Yeah. So it's like, I'm just going to start the lineup of beers right here. Yeah. And then I think we're going to, because you were talking about how you were going to tweet every time you got a beer or something, or what were you going to do? I, I should no. I I I was gonna say I was gonna see how fast I could have the first one. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> for a couple shows, I was like, I would tweet and be like, "Hey, we're seven minutes in, and I'm cracking the second one. Come hang oh, out." But these, you know, I gotta get res- you know sixteen ounces. This is uh, yeah, that's that's respect. That's Chad, I think you need to reach out to Coors and try to get like a mini sponsorship. Oh, I did tweet one time at Surly and at Summit. And they were like mean to me and then mocked me. Like, we're not persistent, strong. persistence. Come on, right? Or I got to DM everyone all the places. This was Andy Lack's strategy. All right, I got to go grab another beer because I'm out of that beer. But I do have more to talk about, including Father's Day stuff. Josh's first Father's Day. It is. It's coming up. I need, I need yeah. some recommendations. Actually, I've, I think I've already figured out what's going on that day, but I did, uh, I did text you something earlier that maybe we can talk about. 
Yeah, let's do it. Uh, hold on one second. I'm going to go grab another beer. Right now, the third quarter is about to end. Ooh, Boston's coming back. They're only down by 10. They were down by much more than that from the rare glances I've had at the NBA Finals. NBA Finals. Hey, I wore this shirt for the NBA Finals. Look at this Jordan shirt if you're on YouTube. And I have three kids. So we're Father's Day edition. It's coming right up. I'm going to go get a beer, take a piss, and I'll be right back. Darbo, thanks for being here. Darbo, have you uh have you watched any have you watched oh he actually just he actually just left. That's fine. That's shocking. Have you watched any of the basketball playoffs? Yeah. Uh, a little yeah. bit. Okay. I haven't watched I haven't watched a single dribble of the finals. Let's see. Which one did I watch? I think it was and, uh, You know what's crazy about that? I played college basketball. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> I don't think it's I crazy. don't care. It's, I stopped watching football. I don't care to watch football anymore. I think it's boring. Which football, I think football is kind of boring too. Which most I Americans actually wouldn't. I, yeah, I don't think I would watch football if I wasn't playing fantasy or DraftKings. I think I would just not watch. I even stopped playing fantasy football as well. Like I just, I just cut it out of my life. It's. I think like just the the amount of time that you need to spend every single week for football and and like making transactions and stuff like that, I'd rather put that into golf. Like I understand it's a, a smaller audience, but like, yeah, who cares? Yeah, and I, you know, being a loyal Minnesota fan and finding out when you get older that your team doesn't care about you, like you as a fan, <laughs> uh, no teams care about anybody as a nor fan do the players. Fans. It's like then what why do I ha- why do I have a, a a loyalty towards this team? That I I say that so much, dude. That I got I have some friends that are like deep into like twins territory, like mm. they're like the biggest twins fans of all they're time. They're all businesses. They only right. care about business. It's about and, making money. It isn't yeah, about I winning say it championships. All the time. Yeah. Well it is to win more money, but like they although outside of Adam Thielen being a Minnesota boy on the Vikings. None of those yeah. guys want to win a championship for Minnesota. They want to win yeah, a championship wanna... for themselves. Exactly. I say this all the time. And and people ask me, like, who is your favorite team or whatever? I'm like, whatever team is going to win. Like, my, my, <laughs> yeah. my team has won the Super Bowl every year for the last 20 years. So, and it's like, and people can choose to be passionate about whatever they want. That's cool. But. The whole I love when people are talking about this, especially the Vikings. Like the Vikings are playing. I hope we win. They say we with a W. Yes. I hope we win. And I'm like, who's we? Right. And then I have to remind them, like, it's a business. And they come out here and say, Oh, I love the fans. These are my favorite fans of all time. And then they get traded next week to Baltimore and they say, Oh my God, Baltimore, these are my favorite fans of so like they're just feeding lines to people so that they'll They'll cheer for you, and then they'll buy their jersey, and then they'll make more money. So I went to co- it has yep. nothing to do with liking you, singular person, as a fan. It's there. All of it, no matter what, is to make more money. Whether it's the owners of the teams or the right. players, it's all trying to make money. So I went to college in Wisconsin. Both colleges that I went to, UW Superior and UW Stout. So I made a lot of Wisconsin friends, and they're diehard loyal to loyalty to the Packers. It's wild. It's kind of disgusting because it's like it's it's wild. It's like a religion. It is. And like some of the like free agent moves and stuff like that. 
like play on these people's happiness. It's insane. People yeah. like their their attitude and like their emotion, like their emotional health depends on how well their their sports teams do. Yeah, it's it's wild. I so I went to school in in Winona, which right. is basically on across, the border across. of Wisconsin. So yeah. our school and this will sound weird, but our school was half like Wisconsin Packer fans and half Bears fans because oh. the school that I see, I knew that was going to get you. Yeah. And it's it's because the school has like a a pretty deep connection, a religious connection with a few different schools in Chicago. So they just Gotcha. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that they give like financial help to a few different high schools and then they just basically bring people in from Chicago and busloads to go to the school. Gotcha. So it's like a lot of people from Wisconsin because it's really close to the border. And if you live in Wisconsin, go to school in Minnesota, you get a little bit of a discount for your school. So that happened. Yeah. Yep. And then the Chicago. So actually there wasn't a ton of Minnesota people at the school I went to. So I saw a lot of that too. And I saw a lot of that stuff with Bears fans too. It's it's not to the same level as like they think they're owners because they have that little sheet of paper they paid a hundred bucks for yeah. or whatever it is. But right. But the Bears fans and what well, just Chicago sports in general, whether it's the Cubs or the White Sox, they're insanely passionate about that too. It's uh, yeah, it's I'm with you. It's pretty wild. I know it. I I'll never get it. I don't really care. And I also like I'm a competitor. And and a lot of my Wisconsin friends, they didn't go to college playing sports. They barely played many sports in high school. It's like me wearing someone else's name on my back no longer appeals to me unless it's like some legend like Brett Favre in a in right. a Vikings uniform i will wear that to the day i die because that is crazy Dude, listen listen so i was in college when that whole thing happened the brett Favre move happened yeah i went to again keep in mind that most people i was i was hanging out with or packer fans or bears fans even i went to um like the the walmart there and i mm -hmm. saw on the rack they were selling uh vikings brett Favre jerseys like very very knockoff one. Actually, I have it right here. Hold on, I'm gonna get it for you. <laughs> Chad, we're talking, talking about, about we're talking about how we don't care about football anymore. Oh, oh, well, yeah. I bought I bought this just to troll my. Wow, that I is like that. totally a knockoff. Super knockoff. Like that. There's no. Um, there's no brand on it. The sleeve just says the Viking thing. There's no <laughs> brand. No nothing. Just a knockoff Walmart thing. That's awesome. I'm trying to remember where all my jerseys went. Because I had a, a ton of football jerseys. I can't remember where I, I have them. But yeah, I'm I'm not a I wouldn't like go out of my way to like wear somebody else's name as like as like a fan. I I have other jerseys in here that I wear just to, like make fun of other people. Yeah. Basically. Makes sense. Or or I have a couple Seahawks jerseys because I, I really like the colors of their jerseys. I, yeah. I couldn't care less about the name that was on them. I just like the colors. So that's fair. Hey, so how anyway, good was Andy Lack? That was a great show. No, yeah, that was good. I mean, I don't think any other podcast out there has covered mental health for golf. Well, we could have really gotten further into it as well, but we, you know, 
detoured and and no no you know i'm not throwing any shade at this you know with the whole ruvalo thing but part of it and that was an organic conversation i think organic conversations are better than scripted conversations so i'm kind of glad that andy went down that road because we were able to talk about it yeah but yeah that was that was a good that was a good pod i agree um but this is the after show and we can talk about whatever the fuck we want. And we can talk about Father's Day. And that's the thing that's happening this week. And that's the U.S. Open typically. Is that how it works? The U.S. Open always falls on the same kind of thing as the Father's Day on purpose. Do you remember the Davis Love rain, uh, rainbow win when growing up? Wasn't that a thing? I, don't. Or what? I was playing basketball back then probably. Vaguely, Didn't Chad. Davis I don't Love remember win? Wednesday, I, t- I text Chad today and because he has three kids, so he's well-versed in how to handle Father's Day. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck I was supposed to do. So I texted him. I said, what are the protocols of Father's Day? Am I supposed to like plan things to be with my four-year-old son all day? Am I supposed to do something where I'm like out on my own? Am I supposed to combine it? Am I, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I mean, it's a day that I think your your wife plans for you to do whatever you want to do, right? Like at that's least like right. a, a good block of time that you're that's you're able to I do. So I, in my brain, I'm like, man, I would kind of, I would really like to actually play golf with my dad, but then that take because my son is four months old, I can't really bring him with me. So now I'm away from him. So that I'm like racking my brain around, like how, what am I supposed to do here? to make this a day that's going to make everybody happy. Because to be fair, I mostly don't care about myself. I am I would prefer if everybody around me would just be happier and that will make me happy. So I'm like trying to figure out how to navigate. I think I figured out how to make this work, though, Darbo. Okay. What are we watching here? Well, Davis I forgot. What it, I thought it was the Davis. U.S. Open. I could Maybe this was when it, when it was on Father's Day for the PGA. I can't remember. Maybe his dad died. It's a PGA but champion. Won yeah. the 1997 PGA Championship, and in my head, I thought it was on Father's Day. Well, it was a I, well. I think because Davis Love's dad was a PGA member, I think just like JT's oh, dad is a PGA okay. member, right? So, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Never mind. But it was for his dad. Hey, yeah. Cute. Okay, good to know. Um, but yes, Father's Day. Uh, first of all, I will say there. It probably shouldn't even be celebrated. Like we're just Mother's Day should be a day. Why the fuck is Father's Day? A Mother's day? Day, day should be, be like a weekend, I think. <laughs> Father's Day is a joke. Mother's Day should be a whole week for sure. The thing is, is that I am not a stay-at-home dad, whereas Eric Martins would be like, I need my Father's Day. I deserve my Father's Day because he's kind How of a stay-at-home dad. I mean, he has a job. He's clearly there right now. He's not with us here. He's playing guitar somewhere. <clears throat> But just because moms do everything, typically with the kids, Josh, or around the house, which is considered important, the father, you know, does he even need anything? This is the truth. That is another thing. What does the father need? Josh, you talked about what you were maybe potentially looking at in terms of what am I going to do for this Father's Day? What did Martin tell you? He was like, I you can't do anything. You get, you get <laughs> obligated to do things. Like, 
you're not free to do anything. Right. So I, I think that's what it comes down to is we realize that we are, well, I almost said something that I actually don't think is true. I was going to say we realize we are less important, but I don't think that's actually true. I think there's equal importance probably. Okay. I so I I but I think the situation here is that we feel like we need to or at least this is how I feel, need to make the day so that make that day so that other people are feeling happy about the day instead of like you just saying me specifically saying I think I want to play 36 holes. That's not going to make anybody happy except for me. Everyone's going to be like, well, you weren't with your son. You weren't with your dad. You weren't with your wife. You weren't with your grandpa. So yeah. that's that was most of my question on, like, how do I navigate this so that everybody kind of feels good about how the day goes, you know? Because, and again, like I said, I don't really care about me, to be honest. I don't care. I could right. care less. I will, I will go play golf tomorrow or not tomorrow, on Sunday and Saturday morning. I'll play Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. So yeah. I do plenty of so things for me. I don't, day, I don't need a day for me. Listen, Darbo, I wouldn't show the house uh, or, you know, tonight. I guess that was today. <laughs> like, uh, and then I got home and like, you know, it's fun to get home and like, Every time I get home, the kids, it's like a, it's like an experience. Dad's home. You know, it's great. And they're like, go into your office. There's a secret in there. And I'm like, a secret in my office? Like, is Olivia, like, playing with my microphone? <laughs> like, this is in my head. I was stunned to see a, a gift. Oh, a gift. This, this was in my Oh, that's mind. right. I did see that gift. That's so, a fire gift. gift. Why isn't that ah, on display yet? Um, why, why, why is that not on display yet? Corners, number 12 at Augusta. If you're on uh, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, it's Augusta. <laughs> 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 so my wife gives me this. So I might use it in here. I might bring it. Why wouldn't I might you? bring it to my, my office at uh, Edon Realty. But at the same time, I was stunned. I was like, I get a Sweet, present. Yeah. What am I getting a present for? And this is great, you know, because I just was surprised. Just- you know, you should you should pull down that bulletin board and put that up right there. I bet that's a perfect size to fit that over that bulletin board. Well, he could take down the wooded picture. Oh, and, just barely not. And then yeah, on the right side. And then center it. So it's it just but shows. I put it here. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But yeah, at yeah. the same I, I do do some content from my office at my office in Edina Realty. And so, like, I, I need some better content because I think I got a, a Magic Johnson Larry Bird autograph yeah, that I could just totally. put right here that no one needs to see. On That'd be a great uh, conversation starter for your clients so that meet you in your office. Do you, do you see clients in your office? Yeah. You do? Every once in a while. Like, okay. the ones that I'm... I'm like, do you want a tour of the back area where my office is? You, you sold my house and helped me buy a house, and I have zero idea where your office is. You didn't need to go to it. <laughs> there. So uh, that's why. Yeah. No, uh, I. If someone were to ask as a father, what would you want for Father's Day? I think the first thing I would say is. I would like some alone time. 
<laughs> well, yeah, you got three kids. That's probably yeah. Fun. Like I just want to wait, but see, I get a little bit of alone time at my office. So the right, truth is, I want, exactly. I want some alone time at my house, peace and quiet. Like take them, remove them, put them somewhere. Let me watch the golf. But she already knows. She, I have warned my wife, Sarah, that it's happening this Sunday. I am going to watch golf. I'm going to inject golf. Today, Darbo, you missed the part of the pod maybe where I was talking where I had to go to the vet this morning. My dog has a problem. Uh-oh. And I just spent money to figure out that my dog's dumb. You know, that's it's a, it's that's a good story. Actually, tell Darbo the story. He's not going <laughs> to go back and watch it. Tell him the story. <laughs> Okay, so my dog ate a, my daughter's sock. My daughter's Aww. two and a half. Or we found half of a sock. So she might he might have eaten she might have eaten half. I don't know. Well she she ate something that it's making this like tumor in yep. the stomach, right? So I'm like, I can feel it. I'm like, fuck. So I knew, I knew this is automatic two hundred bucks, two fifty mat minimum. Oh, yeah. I knew, I knew. So so do I do anything about this? No, I don't do anything about this. But I have this already planned medical teeth surgery procedure for my dog coming up. So I had this appointment scheduled on June 16th, months, months ago for this. So I said, I'll just wait till that day. This is a week and a half ago when the eating of the sock happened. So then I go, I don't need to do an emergency problem with the sock whatever fuck it i'm hoping that she's pooping it out so i'm like doing play-by-play with my brothers on text about poop uh, you know another poop no 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 sock in the poop so we get to the vet the vet's like yep 250 bucks and we'll get we'll get it we'll know that it's you're you know you're not gonna have to pay ten thousand or five thousand or two thousand you know it's kind of like you just buy some information for 250 bucks that i fucking already knew the results of but there's like a small percentage chance that there could be I mean, something bigger. What, a, a CT yeah, scan and, or I, and, and, and truly, Darbo, Liam doesn't want me to leave him money when I die. He wants me to keep his dog alive in <laughs> real life uh, in 2022. Is what my brothers are telling me. <laughs> text, you know, like, what is money? What is money? I'm just gonna spend it on a dog, you know. So anyway. <clears throat> You get to the vet, they're like, 250 bucks. Yeah, we'll go in the back room. We'll uh, do some x-rays. We'll come back. We're going to tell you what's going on. We're going to tell you that I can't find anything in this dog, but we're like, we know something's there. We don't know. You know, I don't know. But there's this $25 pill, which turned out to be like $40 to make your dog throw up. You get the dog throwing up, but they make me leave for this part, but I can see the room. So I can see him going in and out. And I'm like, and I can see here my dog, like dry heaving. I'm like, Go for it, Poppy. Go get him. So <laughs> they come out. They say to me, "It's we just got food and grass in your dog's stomach. We not no sock. It didn't come up, but it could be in your dog's colon. Okay, so you got to watch the dog poop. <laughs> so it's like I think she's gonna poop. <laughs> okay, so we don't get any answers for this three hundred dollar payment. <clears throat> so obviously, I just learned that." I already knew what I knew. This is so frustrating. So anyway, so then I do that. Then, oh, on top of it, I've rented a U-Haul today. Uh, 
that was in advance for this moment where my father-in-law is moving out of his place and I'm going to get a couch for free, quote unquote, if I want it, quote unquote. And then I'm going to get a table if I want a table and a bunch of chairs. So I get to the house, boom, put, start loading. I'm a, I'm solo loading. I'm solo. Like I'm, I am lifting leather couches in. I'm wondering how I'm going to do it. I, I know I can get it in to the U-Haul. Like I know it's, it's going to get in. But then I'm like, I'm, I can, I'm a video game and my bar, my bar is shrinking and I know I'm going to get to a point where I'm like, I cannot do this. And so it, and then there's this little thing on the U-Haul uh, that says like, you can hire help in the moment. You can, I'm like, I'm so close to doing this, <laughs> but it's like 37. I'm, I'm at a point where I'm like, this is my prime. I should be able to do whatever the hell I can lift a table. Come on. 37 is the prime. Of my my beginning of the end, I <laughs> but at the same time, I get to the house, my father in law's house, uh, and I uh, I've sold it. It's closing soon. <clears throat> I'm a realtor for Dan Realty. If you need a realtor, <laughs> and then so yes, uh, I load the couch first, and then I get the table, and I'm like, I don't think the table's gonna fit, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope these legs come off, and so then I'm like trying to figure out if I can get the legs off. And then I have to I have to tilt I have to tilt the table over to get to get the legs off and figure out I can get them like crushed crushed this one leg of the table just crushed it because I'm taking the le the leverage of the table and I'm moving it on one of the sad legs and just crushed the leg and I'm just sad I'm like did we break the table but we didn't we're good we're still golden with the table <laughs> it's fixed it's fine little wood glue but then okay I got everything into the uh, truck. I'm just dripping. I'm. I can even send you. I can tell you the time that I sent the text to my brothers. I'm dripping sweat already. Uh, and we're we're loading this uh, couch and table into the U-Haul. Uh, we're getting it going. We're going. We're out. We're doing it. We get back. I surprisingly get the ch the, the chairs in. You know, and like, you know, set the door over and make sure it's open. <sighs> we got the table, and it is. It's ancient. It's, you know, one of those tables. It's a real table. <clears throat> I haven't looked at it, actually. I should probably go look at it. <laughs> but I just dragged that fucker across the asphalt driveway as best I could, you know? Like, I just didn't really care at that point. Like, I'm just dragging it across. Like, did it shave a little of the wood off or whatever? I don't know. My wife's not even home right now. She doesn't know. She might not have noticed. Or she looked at it, I think. But either way, I got the table in, got that sucker. I got everything done. I did it all. I have no idea how. I even texted my brothers. I'm going to text. I'll tell you the quote, unquote. I say, uh, I said, 0% uh, chance that I make, that I lift this shit out alone. <laughs> so this will be interesting. <laughs> and then I go, apparently I'm stronger than I thought. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, that was my day. So what? I don't even remember what we were talking about. Tell Sorry. me about your dog. I don't. I didn't hear the resolution of your dog. There's no resolution. The bubble's in the bubble is still in the stomach. <laughs> like, the formation of the sock is still there, but it's apparently there's a part between the intestine and the colon, or uh, in going out like the colon, like it's just in the colon part, potentially. Okay. So, so like right now, there's nothing. There's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing they give me any 
a buddy of mine, um, his dog ate like a tube sock. So a long, mm. a long fucking sock. And it got stuck in her intestines. And so they had to do surgery to get up, get it out. Yeah, fuck that. I'm a, I literally said to the lady, I know Liam's probably going to listen to this in five years from now and be super sad. But I was like, yeah, well, well this this thing gets stuck in there. It's the end of the dog. I'm sorry. Like, Jesus. No, I know. Okay, this comes from a guy that has spent, oh, my God, so much money on the previous dog that I had. <clears throat> Being the good guy, saving this thing, just forking over every dollar I had. I, it, I'm going to just – I'm if you, once you start – see, I'm already doing the dental thing. I'm, I didn't even tell you about this. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing a dental procedure on my dog, which is coming up, because the dog's teeth are just disgustingly insane. I don't know if you have these problems with your husky or whatever, Josh, or not yet. We, we do. Down the road, we will. Yeah. So then, but okay. So get this, Josh. I didn't do this with Minnie, the min pin. I just laughed these people off and gave them the total middle finger, like $700 for this or $800 at the time or $1,100 yeah. at the time. I was like, oh, fuck you. This is a dog. They don't need their teeth clean. This is what I say to this. This is I'm having flashbacks now, and so I'm saying, "Oh, then years go by. My, I'm I'm spending way more than the original estimate. Plus, my dog ends up with no teeth and has to have like special fucking dog food. Then, oh, it's a miserable life for the dog. Like, so you're you have no the teeth. The dog has no teeth. Like, you just ruined the dog because you were an idiot. Plus, you've already spent way more." And then you're spending $40 on a bag of food that could be $12 or whatever. Yep. Okay. So then I'm invested into doing this teeth thing. So then I already know that I'm going down the road of the teeth thing. And I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, so there's a, there's a point where if there's something that is like cancer or whatever, it's just the, that's the end. I'm sorry. Like you, if you, if you start the fight, what if you don't win the fight? Like you're paying Cause like then <laughs> I can tell you about trying to win the fight and then losing the fight. You still lose the money. The money's gone. Oh yeah. You don't get that. Back. Oh, and then the fight is gone. And so then you're double pissed cause you're, you're dead dog and you lost all the money. So it's right. terrible. But anyway, get a cat, right? Oh. Cause cats don't do shit. Yeah. My cat is going to cross the screen right now. Um, <laughs> cause he, you know, cats are like that. Come on, dude. Yeah, sorry about that tangent. I don't even know what the fuck. Get out of the way. We were talking about um, being fathers, and yeah, don't be a father of a dog. <laughs> Josh, you have three dogs, you dumbass. That was that was actually what I uh, when I was about to get my, the, the dog I have now. I put off getting him for a long time because I knew down the road there was going to be something that was going to happen, mm -hmm. whether it's just he got old and died or something happened to him that was gonna i know is going to make me very sad so i'm like i don't i'm not sure I even want a dog because i know down the road this is going to be a problem for me in my brain and we're getting we're about halfway there probably maybe less and i can already start feeling like something's gonna happen soon and i'm gonna now i'm gonna be really pissed that i know that cool. i got a dog I, I've come up with a solution to this problem. <clears throat> First of all, do you think I don't? I don't notice my dog eats the sock, and then I I don't do anything about it. Like I, 
I clearly was going to consider bringing in the vet. So I go online and I go to every vet possible and the fucking vets are just booked till they are weeks out. Packed. packed. Especially by the way, especially They're if not- something happens on the weekend, like uh my my dog got a a fish hook caught in his paw one time cuz my my dad was running him every day for quite some time when I was at our old house. So he would take him running, he'd run by the lake by the lake by my old house every single day. One day he came home with a fish hook in his paw. I tried to get it out and I couldn't. So I walked away to go and get like a utensil to help me. He used his mouth to get it out and fish hook caught in his tongue. Like, so I had to bring him into the emergency hospital on a Friday night at like 10 PM. And they tell you when you get there that it's going to be like a two to three hour wait plus money. Like very expensive to emergency hospital. Just immediately. Plus, they say it could be longer because if something happens where a dog comes in that got hit by a car or like an emergency situation happens, they're taking that one first before they take a dog that has a fish hook in its mouth. So we we sat there for two three hours just to get a fish hook out of his mouth. It was fucking nuts. So, let me finish my story about my buddy. He he put a GoFundMe page out there. Oh and, no! And I put a hundred bucks towards it because I had a, a relationship with this dog. Like I, <laughs> I love that dog. I and a bunch of people put money towards it. So I think the whole procedure was like twenty seven hundred bucks or something like that. And I think they only had to spend thirteen hundred of their own money or something like that. So he, they were able to pool fourteen hundred. Oh, now wow. my 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 solution for both of you guys is this: you guys got animals. What was the purpose of getting the animal? Just to have a dog or was it to have a companion? Because if you're not going to no, take I, care of your pet, you shouldn't have had a pet in the first place. Uh, Darbo, here's – and I I understood what was happening when I got mine. I am fully prepared to dump whatever money I need to into keeping him alive however I need to. So Right. That, but I did know when I got him that some there was going to be a point down the road where there like it was going to really fuck with me mentally, and that so I, <laughs> I I almost did not get a job or not get a, not get a dog just because of that. So, right. so go to your point. I did understand, and I'm expensive. I'm ready to if I have to dump whatever I have to. Do. Dogs are expensive. Yeah. Very, very. Just for and food alone, like I don't imagine, I can't imagine feeding a husky like that. That bill's yeah, got to be like five hundred dollars a month just for dog food, it's, if not more. It's probably it's. Pro- I don't think it's that much. I don't think his food is that much. They they come in pretty big bags. Yeah, it's probably so. one hundred and fifty. But, those, but those, we have two. We have two little dogs too that also do that. So yeah. it's, it's it's not cheap, but. <laughs> It's it. I mean, it's if you if you make a decision to get a pet and you're not considering how that will impact you financially down the road, that's a problem. You also you have should you also should factor in how it's going to impact you mentally down the road too. To be honest, but but we 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 for sure for sure know pets are a scam. There's I don't, I don't think that's oh my true. god. It's just what? another way, another way for 
you to be emotionally disconnected from your money. It's just another way to separate a human being emotionally from their dollars. It's just an emotional scam. Life in, is full of these schemes and these scams, and they're just vulnerable, a, low IQs out there, ready to be taken advantage of. This is a strange world we live in, Josh. You're a tax man. Yeah. <laughs> how's this, how's the tax taxes aren't a scam? Uh, you totally redeemed your last take with a worse take. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the scam part about taxes, by the way, is that it's it's now being used as a, a political tool. Okay. So. What do you mean? They're not. They're not. I mean, they're not really being used to just like fund. Well, I guess they are being used to fund projects and stuff like that. Was the point? Oh. Originally, of taxes basically was to help fund things to make the country better. True. Versus. So, but that. It's that's where the money is kind of going now, but it's it's being used as a political weapon now. So Trump does his stuff with the with his tax oh, law. Billionaires need to put more. And then, yeah, and then Biden is running on different stuff that's saying, "Oh, Trump did this with taxes, so I'm gonna do something else with taxes." And everyone's saying that now they're just going back and forth, saying, "Well, this person's ideas sucked. These are my my ideas." Now it's just being a it, taxes are not being used as like a, I'm trying to do what's going to be best for everybody. It's I'm going to say whatever I need to say to buy votes in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So, Sorry for bringing that up. All I wanted to the know. Dog okay, so I did. I made some content earlier that I never we never got to. It was a I googled. Yeah. <clears throat> biggest society scams. Like insurance. Okay, so number one result is that the government is going to take care of you and us. So so society's scam is that the government's going to take care of you, apparently. But there's other ones that are like real scams. Real scams, like your grandma has signed up for a car warranty. Okay? Okay? So you think this is not true. This is You think this is not true. This is hilariously close to home true. My mother is dealing with her mother, my grandmother has signed up for two warranties that cost her, boys and girls, $4,500 a year my God. for a car that is probably worth $4,500. I get, uh, I get bad, car warranty. I get, I get warranty calls every single day. <laughs> oh, it's insane. So my grandma actually is like, no, no, I need this warranty for a car that's worth nothing. Um, I mean, there's um, just, I mean, the world is full of scams. Do you guys play there the lottery? Are... What do you got, Darbo? Yeah, Darbo, what? There are, uh, there are people who, I, I saw this on YouTube, and I think they're YouTubers, but I'm not positive, where they will call these people who scam warranties and stuff like that. Oh, I love that. They'll pre they'll pretend to be old, and these guys are computer hackers themselves. So they go oh, along yes. and they they listen, and then they go, "Okay, sure. How do I do this?" And then they let that programmer go into their computer or whatever. Maybe it's not so much like car insurance, but they'll go into their computer, and because they themselves are hackers, they turn it around 
and steal everything that the hacker has and then <laughs> cut them off. So it's complete justice, but obviously it doesn't happen enough because a lot of people, like it's right. unfortunate the old people get taken care of, or they get taken advantage of a lot. They do. And they don't, don't know, they don't know what's right and what's wrong. They think they, they do need certain things. So that's why they do purchase those things. I yeah. mean, like each one of us, I'm sure throughout the pops that say, um, clean your computer, like download this file. And each one of us, I'm, I'm hoping, knew that that was a scam. But how many oh, yeah. old okay. people, you know, got you know, scammed because of that? For sure. Anyways. Oh, so, so I work with my mom. I don't know if you guys know this. We should. You said that last <laughs> time all over the fucking place. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. She is a idiot a lot of times and has given her social security number out and had to go to the oh, bank God. and redo everything like multiple times it's ridiculous no. that she's is scammed all the time um the lottery is apparently a known scam on the poor or something i don't know about that's, that. that's like, interesting google yeah. like apparently like they know that like it you never can win you can't win the lottery but you play it's kind of like DraftKings. <laughs> Warriors won. The Warriors have won the title. The is Warriors Andrew Wiggins going to be the MVP? Oh hell no! Put it right. on Curry. Okay. What uh, what what are Minnesota fans going to do if Andrew Wiggins gets the MVP? We've gifted everything to the Warriors. He's he's in he's in such a good position <laughs> where he's. He's well, in a he's on a, a team Wiggins where he's a good support player. Yeah, he's the fourth man. Wiggins was always a good support player. Always. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. He's a slasher. He's yeah. a slasher, and that's what he that that's not a role play. Like that's not a leading role being a slasher. No, he he needs people he doesn't need to be on a team where the other team's best defender or second best defender is like we need to as long as Andrew Wiggins doesn't get 30 points. We win by thirty. He's now he's on a team where they have to. If Steph Curry goes off, they lose. If Clay goes off, they lose. Fuck. If Draymond does anything team wise, if he does anything yeah. that's good like team wise, you probably lose. Because I mean, he's not scoring points, but he's got intangibles up to ass. So right. he's lit. Like they have to focus on three or four other people. Before they focus on Andrew Wiggins, and so now he now he gets freedom. He's playing against their probably their third best defender, which most teams, by the way, have maybe one good defender. So now mm -hmm. he's going against a defender that's dog shit. He has a lot more freedom. He's he doesn't have to shoot forty times a game. He can you know take the shots that he's comfortable with taking. And it's yeah, he's I mean he's in such a good spot that right. Good, good for him. He's he is not meant to be a leader of a team. And anybody that thinks that, even if he does get the the MVP, by the way, which he might, he's not gonna get the MVP. Fuck him. If if he does get he it, that that does not mean that he should go to another team and try and be the star on a team because he'll be dog shit. Again. No, no one will pay him as much as the Warriors can pay him. So the Warriors are ruined salary cap wise because they have to give Wiggins fifty million or something crazy. You guys want wow. to keep Sorry, talking about these social norms in this society shit, or is that weird? I don't. I don't really care. What else do you have? I don't. I didn't even look that far down the thing. 
Well, I, I haven't skimmed over the whole thing. I thought most of it was pretty interesting. Hey, this Chad, one thing weird. that I wish I I had envisioned saying this when Andy was on the pod was mm -hmm. negativity in your mind when you're golfing. Doesn't matter what it is. I said this. I think I've said this before on this pod because it was a, an article I saw in Golf Digest when I was in high school that you get robbed of 15% of your potential if you have a negative thought in your mind mm. because of how tense you are when you play. Um, and obviously you need to be relaxed to get the, to unlock the most, you know, yardage, you know, for like Josh hitting the long drive. If you're like tense or you you got a negative thing in your mind, it's really hard to play free and easy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That is a fair point. I tend to think very negatively. <laughs> of course. Very. Don't shake it. Don't shake it. Don't shake it. Don't shake it. Sometimes I do that. Like the last, like. Uh, like a week and a half ago or so, I had a big shank problem. Here's another so thing. Every time, go ahead. What do you got? Go ahead. So, when giving advice or even giving yourself advice, if you say "don't go right," how many commands do you think are in that sentence? I've heard I've heard this before. So, so you should you should send this to Chad because I know the answer. See see what Chad thinks. What? Okay, I think it's three. Don't go well. Yeah, you could you could literally think it that way, and and you'd be correct. Like, don't go would be a command. Don't go right would be a command, and go right would be a command. It all really matters. What is the last command your your brain hears? So if I say don't go right, your last command you hear is go right, and it subconsciously puts that in your mind to go right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I've heard this since day twelve, uh, day one of golf when I was twelve. It was like so the best, the best piece of advice think? to give just, someone is like, "Hey, aim left of that." Well, maybe you don't say "aim left of that tree." Just say "aim left," like "aim left of the pin," instead of instead of saying "you don't want to be right" or "don't go right." Just say "aim left." Yeah, be left. Yes, exactly. So that yeah. would be better advice to give a team. So you guys are going to be in a scramble Monday. It sounds like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you were going to you were invited, Dick. You couldn't do it. Well, I live three and a half hours north. It's really difficult to be like I know, yeah, I forgot about that problem. And by the way, it's not worth coming for a 12-hole scramble. They aren't even playing all 18. No, but what happened was the first guy I invited is a is a friend of mine from high school that is a buyer who we're looking at houses right now, so I immediately invited him. He's like, "Monday? I can't do that." And then we found out that he has Juneteenth off because of uh, Juneteenth. And a lot of like, people do. don't have anything to do. A lot of people have Juneteenth off. As they should, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's nice. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I'm a big uh, I'm a big user of the like if even playing a regular round of golf, I'm very analytical about a, like I'll draw, I think I showed you was it last week or two weeks ago? I'll just draw up every single hole that I play for a tournament. Yeah. So I'll go out there and I'll say, trouble, short left, don't miss short left. I like uh, approaching the green. Or or off the tee, obviously water right. So target's got to go left and do not over slice it or whatever. So I look at my book, every, every most every shot on a tournament, and I see where the trouble is. And I'm like, okay, I see that trouble can't go that way go somewhere else but i think when i swing my thought is don't fuck this up and hit it where you're not supposed to right 
well, I, th- so, I think like, I, I think I'm a big don't do instead of a you know do, you you do right. So here's another thing that you could try doing to like because if you aim small, you miss small. That the the whole I do idea. I do know that, and I do pay. I used to not do that very well. I'm I'm pretty good about uh, picking very and small direct targets. commands are are way better than just generalized commands. So if you if you know you you're supposed to hit it 260, or if let's say put it a different way. If you know you're safe 260 and right of your intended target, find a new target and hit your 260 club there. So in your yardage book, say, hit three hybrid at this tree. And then that's that's where you now know where to hit it, as yep. opposed to trying to thread a driver somewhere where you only have a narrow landing spot. And, and in your mind, you're like, I can't go right and I can't go left. So... But even at that moment in time, you should still find the most narrowest point to aim at. So if it's yep. between two trees, just say driver between two trees. You know, yeah. I've I've actually so I I was taught to do that uh, like beginning of this year. So I had a lesson, my first lesson outdoors with my coach this year. Uh, I was going out and just we were just hitting hitting irons, and I was for like a considerable amount of time i was just lining up at some he was confused how i was lining up at a target that he kept he kept telling me to line it up at the white flag whatever Mm -hmm. i'll just call it the white flag and i was consistently not lining it up there and i was so what i do is i just stand behind the ball and i kind of look at it then i step up up to the ball and kind of look at it again and say "Eh, that's pretty dang close and then hit it and he's like so he asked me, he's like, what are you looking at? Like when you line the ball, and I'm like, well, I look at the white flag or in a lot of times, if I'm standing on the tee box, I'm looking at something way the fuck down there. Hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm just kind of looking at that. And then I'm moving up to the ball and I'm looking at it again and thinking that's pretty close. And I hit it. He goes, every, every good golfer that I know. And then he said, every good golfer I know other than you looks takes a line from whatever target they want. So if there's a tree, which I was doing, like I'll look at a tree way down and say, that's the tree I want to aim at. But I would just use that tree and it's fucking far away. He goes, every golfer takes a line from tree back to a couple inches in front of where your ball is. He goes, how much easier is is it to line up to something that's two inches in front of your ball compared to 500 yards away? That makes a lot of fucking sense. So I started doing that and it's, it's insane how much more accurate I've been. <laughs> yeah, actually. Tight, so tight I, and now I'm actually that. not even thinking about it. Like I'm not thinking about anything in front of me. Any that's like in front of me, I take my line straight back to a piece of grass right in front of me, and, I, and then I don't even care. I'm like, I'm just trying to get this ball to go at that piece of grass, and then it should go in theory exactly where I want it to go. And it's honestly, it's made me a much better player. Yeah, and, and I think that's smart. I think I think if you can, I mean, Tiger Woods does that. Jack Nicklaus does it. I mean, they, they both mentioned that's how they, you know, aim. Um, I don't disagree with with that, and I think it is a it is definitely a way to do it. Personally, like I see my target, and then I also see my shot shape. So like, sure. I'm behind the ball, and I'm like, okay, how do I want this ball to come into that? that target and then i use the apex 
of whatever curve I'm putting on the golf ball as my new aiming point. So then sure. I find something there. But to your point, I mean, sense. maybe that would be, it'd be better because you can see in your peripheral when you're looking at the golf ball where your target is. And you can probably, it, it might be better to um, uh, release and follow through down that that target line, which yep. in, in turn will make you straighter. Because right. I know a lot of people when they see, you know, think of all those that hit big slices or big hooks or whatever. They're looking at their target, but they're not aiming down their starting line. No, you know? oh, no. And, and they have a real hard time aiming down their starting line because it's so far away from their target. So a slicer will slice the ball more or a hooker will hook the ball more because they just they don't have that trust because they don't know yep. your actual target needs to follow your starting line. You know, yeah, because it's gonna it's gonna turn oh, yeah. into the target. So well, I let my dog out, and then I, you know, I'm trying to monitor the fecal matter. <laughs> Did you find the sock? It's stools, and then it's gone. She ran off. So I think she ran around the front. I'm trying to monitor her. <laughs> All right, we'll be you know, here. Cheers to us. I uh, I got, so I, I got some more stuff about scams. What are you guys talking about? Love that. Okay. We're we're talking about uh, how to. How to line up your shots? Alignment for you. Alignment of the golf shot. Yeah, dude. Oh. Yeah. I got some Doritos. <laughs> Look at this college student eating his Cooler Ranch Doritos and sipping on and Coors, and Coors Light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, so I I think I'm pretty fortunate because I think if I hit a ball that was pretty curvy. I would be in trouble with lining it up. Oh, you would be like, for sure. Yeah. Drawing, drawing a line straight back from the target and lining up to it. I think my brain would be fucked if I hit a ball that curved. But when I'm hitting the ball good, it's I'm zeroed out. Face and path is zeroed out. So yeah. my my ball is going straight. So it's th- I think that's actually why it works out for me. But yeah, if, if I'm hitting like a, a big, if I were to be hitting like a big fade or a big draw. I don't think I would be able to do like this line straight. I would have to do with something that you do, where it's like I gotta see, I gotta see the shape. I can't just look down and say, "I'm just trying to hit it down that line." Because then I'll, if you're a fader and I'm picking that line, it's gonna go way the fuck right. Or if right. I'm a drawer, it's gonna go way the fuck left. Right. So, yeah, I think I'm pretty lucky that way. So somehow I've somehow my body's figured out how to get the ball to just go straight, which is pretty wild. It's good. My coach actually hates that, by the way. It's what he's a because he's I, I think a lot of coaches like I like the big time coaches prefer you to have some type of curve on your ball yeah. so that you can take out one side basically. Yep. So I don't have curves, so I miss left and right. Yeah, because sometimes they'll pull it, sometimes they'll push it, sometimes it will have a little curve. So they like you to have some type of curve so that you can actually play the curve. I mean, but actually, if you if you do like the math to that, like decade golf will tell you that that's a bad way to do it. But anyway, what's a bad way to do it? Curving the ball or hitting it straight? No, no, no. The so decade golf doesn't care what your curve is. It says just well. So this is what just I was make say. your pattern of where, like left, how far left you go, how far right you go, no matter what your curve is, and that's your dispersion, and just put that around where your target is, where so, a lot of a lot of coaches say if you have a curve, play to the curve. You know, so I understand the the if you have a curve, play to the curve because 
it's basically your boundary. Like right. if you exactly if you if you hit a ball that curves right to left, wherever you start that ball is your boundary. It'll never go further right of that. It might go exactly. straight but that's your boundary it's never going to go outside of that and it shouldn't go outside of that if you're putting on the same swing over and over again so i i get that but for someone who who likes to shape shots if i'm hitting a draw and it doesn't draw i'm right of my target like it it's going yep. right of where i want it to go so i'm i'm missing right you know like yeah there's kind of like a weird besides of what i just said with the whole boundary thing you're still missing right and left. Doesn't matter what type of you know shape sure. you're putting on the sh shot. If you don't hit your shape, you're either overdoing it or you're not doing it at all, and you're still missing right or left. Yep. So I what? Agree. If, what? And, the, and this is also too. We have you also have to consider too where your target is, not yeah. necessarily where, especially on approach, not necessarily oh. where the pin is. What if you have a what if you you have a driver and it's a dog leg left and you hit a right to left shape and you know where you need to to hit the ball you know like to to follow the shape of the hole and it goes yep. straight did you not just miss right and what if that yeah, dog leg right what if that I mean that dog leg left what if there's OB on the right side now you're OB you're out, you're out of the golf course you're fucked. yeah 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 so you missed right sir with the same shot shape you know like right yeah. So I would follow decade golf and just be like, yeah, I, I agree with that. There's no such thing as missing it, you know, just to one side. The, I, I think uh, the, the dude that does decade golf, Scott Fawcett, his big thing that he loves to bring, he probably brings this up once every couple months. DJ, big proponent of having changed from a draw to a fade at some point in his professional career. And People said, and he specifically may have even said, all that does is it takes out the left side of the golf course. And he says, no, it doesn't. And then him and Lou Stagner looked up his stats. And if you just draw a line right down the center of the fairway, which for professional golfers, for the most part, the center of the fairway is usually your target because the fairways are so narrow. They said if you draw a line right down the middle, he misses left and right the exact like 50 50. Weird. <laughs> like, it sounds like right. golf. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So he he switched to a fade. He didn't take out the left side of the golf course. He just no. he may have gotten a little more accurate, is probably what happened. I still don't know where my dog is. So how <laughs> what what so you think your you just think your dog's just gonna come back? Oh, I have it around an invisible fence. But okay, so Darbo. Oh, oh so it's house. in the yard somewhere. Did you know I bought a new house, Darbo? Yes, I do. Oh, I did know that. No, I know. It's a running theme. We're trying to have <laughs> fun. We're doing non PGA content. I love Wait, this so, content. So you so you think your dog so it's inside the invisible fence somewhere in your yard? Correct. I let her out. I never do this. I usually put her on a like leash when I put her out at night. How do you how do you know she didn't? Because husky, it's, your dog's part husky, right? Yeah. How do you know she didn't just run right through the invisible fence? I do not know for sure if she can or cannot. Because I was told, because uh, we, before I had talked to you about buying a house, I was told because we had uh, been thinking about houses that didn't have fences in the backyard. Mm -hmm. 
And I was told if you put an invisible fence in the backyard with a husky breed, they don't give a fuck about the invisible fence because well, mine's they're, half Pomeranian. The fur is so thick that it like the shock, they basically don't feel it. What a weird okay, fucking well, my dog. I'd be more concerned about this than you, so than you my, my dog got scared one time. My dog went over the edge when I, I don't know what I was doing. I wasn't paying attention, but all of a sudden I'm like hearing just an insane yelp from hell, a yelp from hell. And I'm like, oh my God. And she's over in my neighbor's yard and it's just going off. And she can't, she's just paralyzed over there. And I'm like, oh. So I like grabbed her. I ran over and I grabbed her. I like threw over and I grabbed the collar off. And it's like, I threw the collar and I'm like, fuck it. Hey, what the fuck? And it was insane. It was like a moment of trauma. And like from that moment, she just, it's just so, so we go here and she's like, she immediately realizes like, okay, I'm going to stay as close. I'm going to stay as close to the house as possible. So she hasn't even tested because I bought this house, Darbo, that's like got a pretty decent size yard. And so compared to, where she was so i mean she can go i'm like come on here's a bunch of treats so what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to throw a bunch of treats out and mm. they're gonna come mm. to the yard like it and then she's like fuck no i don't even care about those treats i don't trust that little area over there i'm like i'm giving you treats you fucking idiot come over here <laughs> but yeah so i let her out the porch way where normally she's just gonna go out and come right back and then she went around the garage side over here and then I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? And my wife's not even home yet. My wife did some Bible study. My wife's cheating on me. This, is, this, there's no other explanation. I mean, like, what? It's 10:53. Where are you, honey? Okay, this is weird. But is it what's true? What's true? She's fucking hanging out with her girlfriend, which she hasn't seen. I mean, they've been doing a bunch of shit, uh, virtual or whatever. Oh yeah. I mean, this might be the fifth time, fourth, third, one of, you know, there's like only a few times that they've actually seen each other in this insane group for this Bible study. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Are you going to, uh, I don't know when we'll ever, be done, calendar, maybe we'll never be done with this, but are you, are you going to text me that you found your dog later? Oh, <laughs> mom's morning leadership meeting. So my mother, my uh, wife's in this mother's. Morning, mom's morning at CPC at church. Well, it is way past morning here, buddy. This is this is, is it morning with a U? Like we're morning <laughs> yeah, death, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> should we go look for the dog? Yeah, should probably I, go look you, for the dog. I think I, I think you should be more concerned about this than you are. Well, I just think I'll hear I'll hear some scratching at the door, and she want to come in. I'll go look. I'll go. I'll go do doors. I'll go check some doors. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I love this content that Chad's creating by just coming into the, the frame and just starts chomping on Doritos. His dog's just lost. It's like, what are we talking about here? Yeah, going <laughs> off the rails. Hey, I bought a new putter. Oh, do you have it with you? No, it's it's in my car, you know, because yeah. I'm I'm that type of person that puts my clubs in my car and just leaves them there. I I do that now as well. I used to bring them into the house all the time, and then I just I'm like I don't really want to fucking do that. <laughs> found her. We okay. found her up. Oh, oh my god. Yes. Okay, so yeah, here's the collar. Here's the invisible fence right. collar. I actually feel better about that now. 
Okay, so uh, yeah. Oh, Poppy, you've had a big day. Pops, this is Poppy. It's such we, a weird we look at the teeth. Mix. Yeah, Pomeranian Husky. Okay, so my wife finds this thing, Pomsky, on the internet. Okay, first of all, I lose my dog. My dog dies straight up, no joke, while I'm on my honeymoon of my wedding. Have I told you that story? No, I have not heard this story. Okay, well, it's not like we didn't know she was going to die. You know, you kind of know at the end of the life. Uh, My dog, my previous dog, who I spent a ton of money on. Your shirt had to be full of hair, by the way. Has to be. But the yeah, same so thing, like my husky, you you just have to take that off and throw it in the wash now. <laughs> Do, have you ever had, thought about a dog with diabetes? No. You have to give this dog insulin twice a day. Oh. So you have to take needles, real needles, like crack, like, like crack needles, and you have to pinch this dog's skin, and then you have to like shoot God. this dog up with a little bit of insulin. It's the fucking dumbest thing ever. So I have to do it at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. I did this for like two and a half years for this dog. Then my previous dog. I'm having all sorts of... That's what this dog that I spent a ton of money on for no reason. Like an idiot. Right. So so I did that whole thing. I don't even know what I was talking about. What were we talking about? (laughs) You were telling us about how you're you're a dog dad on your honeymoon weekend. Oh, yeah. So So then this dog's on insulin, right? Yeah. So then, so then we're going on our honeymoon, but we have to, we have to, I used to give the dog to my family, which is a total mistake. This is because then they are like pissed, especially if it's a dog that needs insulin. Right. And needs like has problems. And they got to so hooked up with a service that they take your dog and they put it at a house and this lady takes care of your dog and she loves your dog no matter what. So we got this lady, same lady, over and over and over. So they take my dog. They know it's dying. So, but I don't really think it's going to die while I'm on my honeymoon. But I go on the honeymoon. They call me. It's like I'm out at a restaurant. I don't. I remember, and I'm saying my dog has been taken to the vet at this point. And I'm like, oh, okay, is it dead or whatever? I'm like, I'm my honeymoon, homeboy. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so. I get home from the, the honeymoon. It's my dog's still alive. I am like told that it's got stuff going on. I'm giving diapers for my dog now. And like just weird shit is going on. I'm like, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just trying to chill. I just got home from my honeymoon. It's 9 p.m. And my dog can't walk. This miniature pincher cannot walk. So then I immediately have to go it's just falling over. It's dead. It's like dying. You know, it's like, I'm like, the fuck? This is the day I get home from home. So I, at 9 p.m., I have to go to that emergency vet. This is where I'm like traumatized, where I'm like, if I if, if you see a slippery slope, just don't slide down it. <laughs> it's a slippery goddamn slope. Right. So then I'm at the you know point where I'm at 9 p.m. going to the vet. And then I give the dog the dying like body to this person, and they're like, "We're gonna re- try to keep it alive for the night." Oh God, dude, that how much does that cost me? <clears throat> Either way, I wake up the next morning, and it's like, you know, we got these these problems, and it's just like at that point, you're like, it has nothing to do with the diabetes anymore. It's got cancer or something crazy. So you're mm-hmm. just like, fuck. So then we put the dog down a day after we get home from the honeymoon. 
So that was the traumatizing experience. Buzzkill. What, what else was I saying about that? Was there a reason why I said that? There, you were leading into, I believe, how you got this current dog. Oh, God. Okay, so then I'm like traumatized by this experience. This is uh, May 9th, I get married. It dies May 10th, 11th, 12th, 10th, I don't know, like 20th. Yeah, whatever. 20, whatever. Yeah. So then you're just like, okay, so this is like weeks, days after the dog's dead. You're just like, I need some time. And my wife's sending me poor dogs that need to be adopted. Of oh, course. No. And you're just like, no way, fuck you. And then you're like, okay, uh, so yeah, runs across this thing. I've never heard of you. I've never heard of this thing. Have you heard of a Pomsky? A Pomeranian? I, I, I wanted a Husky uh, badly, and I I was gonna get a Pomsky. Mm, mm. And then I just got I just mix. got the full blown fucking thing. You gotta like it's a fifty pound. What's that? How does that work? Fifty pound dad. How do we breed these animals no, naturally? No, fifty pound mom. Okay, so fifty pound mom white purebred husky and then like a random ass little pomeranian, pomeranian. Worm. yeah a yeah little, so then they put yeah, that yeah. in there and set in like uh fake laboratory and then no joke this is a bad this is these are bad people that do this like probably this yeah. is not i'm not proud that i bought this dog like off the internet <laughs> uh i realize but I had saved this other dog, so I was like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. I spent $10,000 on a rescue in my life. Like, I'm pretty much owed to the death of the gods of fucking rescues or whatever. So I go, uh, oh, my God. Do you remember um, that Netflix series about To Make a Murderer? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that oh. show. Oh, yeah. So To Make a Murderer is, like, kind of popular at this point. And... Uh, we find a dog in Manitowoc, Wisconsin, where making oh. a mur- yeah, is making a murder is nice. Manitowoc. We're like the hell. Either way, these people. Oh, my wife's home. See, my wife's getting home. Oh, she's. Well, have to smell her. Or what do you do? So, <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, if she wants to cheat on me, go for it. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> As she's at a church thing, she'll be she would murder me. Either way, uh, Manitowoc, we are okay. There's this shady fucking woman is fucking shady, and she's on the internet. And my wife wants this dog. Okay, so we get the dog. We look in the dog. The woman is a weird. Oh, but I'm texting with her, and I'm asking a million questions because I am me, and I'm just like. What's going on here? This is bullshit. You're shady. Fuck you. I'm not paying that much. Bullshit. Blah, blah, blah. There's more. There's that. Blah, blah, blah. Fucking woman blocks me. I'm done. So we're not going to get the dog. And then I remember this. And then so my wife, like, she's like, you asked too many questions. (laughs) But, like, we pretty much found out a ton of information. And so then I'm ruined. I'm out. And But so my wife comes out, like, Hi, I'm interested in your dog, and I don't care about anything except for buying it. Here's money. So then, like, she plays the nice card, and we go out there. We drive out to Manitowoc, where the making murder is. (laughs) Uh, We show up, 
and it is straight up out of making a murder no joke it is a farm kind of in a dirt road kind of out of the nowhere ville yeah most people i don't know if anyone's listening to this but like we're in wisconsin boys and girls in manitowoc near the lake michigan like it is awful out there like it's just weird there's nothing going on and you can totally kill people and hide their bodies for sure. That's why I like that you did that or whatever. So uh, we're in this random ass place. Show up. We intentionally drove. Like I had a nice car at the time, and we're like, we're not driving my nice car. We're driving your piece of shit car because we're going to fucking. <laughs> we don't want to be like these people are rich city boys, and we're gonna take their money. <laughs> and kidnap them and put them in a chain and shit. So we're like out there in Manitowoc where we pull up, we ding the doorbell because we're like at the place. I remember distinctly this teenage kid shows up to the door and is like, I'm in charge. <laughs> like, what the fuck? You're like a 14 year old girl. <laughs> and my wife will attest to this story. She's just got home. Mm. So we're like, where's your mom? Like strip. And then we're like, where's the dog? It is chaos in this house. It is chaos. It is disgusting in this house. It is a it is a uh, puppy mill, technically. I oh, God. Know. You know, like, I mean, like, I don't know what a puppy mill is. I've never seen one. But I'm like, okay, why are there's like six bulldogs all in these kennels? And there's fans going everywhere. And it smells like shit. It's just insane. So we're like, we're like rescue. I feel like I'm rescuing this dog, taking this dog out right. of the environment. You probably were too. Yeah, right here. So either way, that's so the story is we basically were I was not in the on board of getting another dog after the death of my dog. And like we ended up finding this dog. And we're like <sighs> it was weird circumstances. This dog, because it didn't have blue eyes or something was worthless Swirl. dude that's kind of how i got mine too actually really so i so the the litter that he was so i got him from a farmish type of thing that i had done research on it seemed like it was decently legit okay he plays who at the time the litter had all the, all their names were like baseball players so his name was jackie robinson he was born <laughs> jackie robinson cool so Every dog in the litter had been sold except for him. So I was watching and watching. I'm like, don't really want to get a dog. It's going to fuck me when he dies. Like, he's like, usually you get baby puppies when they're like eight weeks. He's going on like 13, 14 weeks and nobody wants this dog. Yeah. And and by the way, there's other litters now too where just dogs are just sitting there and nobody wants them. And I'm like, this seems very weird. So I inquire with the lady. I'm like, hey, uh, like, what's going on with the dog? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'll give you a discount if you want them and, like, all that stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. So I ask a few more questions, and she ends up sending me this contract, that this long-ass contract that says you you have to, like, you can't be gone all day long and all a bunch of this shit. And I'm like, cool, I think I can do that. Mm-hmm. So we're talking. And also, I'm like, all right, so like, oh, and can I come get him? And he's, and it's a she. And she's like, oh, well, I think we should just meet up somewhere. And I'm like, well, actually, I kind of like to like come to your place. 
and see. And she's like, oh, yeah, we can, we'll can. we just meet up halfway. She, I think she was in St. Cloud, but I was ready to like drive to St. Cloud to get the dog. Yeah, because like, oh, no, 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 no. I I, basically, she was telling me she didn't want me there. And I'm like, this is getting a little sketchy now. <laughs> like, right? That was getting really fucking weird vibes. But that, then she was giving me like this sweet discount for the dog. So I finally just cave, and I'm like, all right, we can like meet halfway. So start driving and don't even know where we're going to meet, by the way. And call she she calls me and she's like, hey, let's meet in this Arby's parking lot. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you want to meet in Arby's parking lot to exchange a dog? So I'm like, okay, so go there, go to this Arby's parking lot, pull up next to this lady. There's like four dogs in this car that are like pop, just like jumping around in this car or in this she was in like a van she brings blaze out to me and she's like do you want him you want me to put him in the car and she's like basically ready to throw him at me and i'm like what the fuck's going on here and i'm like i don't know like i've never had a dog before so like so i open up the back seat and i just put him back there and she's like okay cool so i gotta i gotta get going now and she's like no handshake no nothing like she just got in the van and drove away and then there was like Dude. a part of the contract that was like you're supposed to follow up with us in like two weeks about how like shots are going and all that stuff. So I sent her an email, no response. Now I have since the exchange have yet to hear from her. And, oh, and I forgot a relatively important part. On the way when we were discussing where we were gonna pick the dog up from, she she called me another time and said. Oh, by the way, your dog got in like a got in a fight with another mom of another litter, and like the this mom bit half of his nose off. <laughs> and she's like, "So, so do you still want him or what?" And I'm like, oh "Well, how bad is it?" Like, I'm like, "Well, I'm already on the way, so I'm like, I don't know what to do." She's like, "Okay," and so I got him, and he had a gash like down his nose, and like parts of his nose were gone. And it was just a just a fucking wild situation, and it just so I I think it might have been the same situation where I like luckily got him out of like a situation where he might have oh, actually just been sure. like killed. Because after like, fourteen like weeks, yeah, they're like fuck this dog. Yeah. Okay, so um, I have I have some more um, society stuff that is like you know something that I want to bring up like. Let's do it. Well, we could do it now, or we could wait because it's already been two hours and thirty-three minutes. So, like, I think this Might is other... wait. Yeah, see, we can gonna... just pause it now. Like, I've got stuff about out. like. Okay, <clears throat> a teaser. Imagine you have witnessed a man who has robbed a bank, right? And then he gives the stolen money straight to the orphanage across the street. Do you call the police or do you leave this robber be? We're going to talk about it. Societal questions. Do you like this idea? I've been a question on your clip <laughs> notes, I think, for the last three weeks. Yeah, I like it. I know. It's a good one. I know. I know. We're, we're, it's just a teaser because, like, we got, you know, once we get a little tipsy after hours, it may, it may come up as, a, as an important topic. <laughs> right. <laughs> You guys are awesome. I just really want to go say goodnight to my wife. And so uh, it's been real. It's been fun. There's two people watching right now. Shit. Maybe you guys want to keep watching going. I don't. I can't. 
So I'm Darbo, Darbo said he's done too. Yeah. Okay. So thank you for everyone for uh, tuning in this late, and we'll see you next time. Okay. All right. Are we supposed to play the music again or should I just end no. it? No. Just end it. Okay. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.